going on, everybody? Uh, today was just a uh, conversation between me and Senior. We were just trying to get together and catch up on where everything was standing, see how each other were doing, and uh, just kind of went from there, decided to hit the old record button and see what happens. So, not any specific topics that we uh, intended on tackling, but hopefully you enjoy the conversation. I talked to this dude for an hour and a half, but it felt like half a day. Just because, like, I was just sitting there listening to his stories, and it was just like, that dude, like, he was a corpsman, and then he was in uh, Beirut with a Marine detachment when they blew something, like, I think it was when they blew the barracks up. And Jesus. Uh, yeah, and then he was on the coal as the CMC when that attack happened. And the story, when he gets to that part, it's just like, holy Jesus. And, like, the stuff that... Like, he got into more than I thought he would, because I kind of, well, I mean, I thought he would, I thought he would tell me some stuff, because, like, I don't know, I just assumed he was a tough dude that wouldn't be as emotional about it, but at the same time, he's a human being, so I was like, I just right. briefed him ahead of time, like, if there's any, I'm not going to push you to get into any details you don't want to get into or talk, I, like, I don't need the gory details, because it's not, that's not why I'm talking to you, but, like, right, whatever right. you want to share, you share, and it is what it is, but yeah, man, he got into like some crazy act. Like he he did a really um, incredible job of like painting the picture for me, and it's just like I can't even freaking imagine, dude. Like, cause I it's like I've been in a handful of submarine fires. A couple of them really like got my heart rate up, but not right. like I mean, in the moment you're like scared and like freaking out, like just like your adrenaline's really high, and, right, right, and you're reacting like you do. But and I mean, I had like. One of them was like heavy black smoke and control kind of thing. And you're just like, whoa, <laughs> like this is <laughs> this is super real. But uh, but it, it ended quickly. You know what I mean? It got it under yeah, control yeah. really quickly and nothing like that. Like nobody got hurt. So it's like I'm just trying to like wrap my head around it. And you're just like, Jesus, like, how do you even how do you even deal with it? But then at the same time, like the way he explained, because I was like, what were the leadership challenges like in that crisis right. that you're in? Right. Where it's like you're you're trying to process this yourself you're you're seeing like your friends are all like banged up badly and it's just like you're trying to process and deal with it all like as an individual but then you're also the guy responsible that like not only is everybody looking to him as the cmc but oh by the way this guy was an independent duty corpsman with the marines and the ship just blew up so now they need medical attention. So he's trying to do dual had it, you know, like right. he's trying to be because he didn't know if his doc was gone or not. And then he found out later that he wasn't. And he was in a different part of the ship treating patients. So then they like coordinated triaging. And oh, my God, man, I'll, I still need to send you the audio. But like so you can listen to it uh, ahead of the release of it, man. But it's like it was so good. <laughs> like, I was so happy that I did it. And uh I hope I get to talk to some of those other guys. I, I hope I get to talk to more people like that, that it, not even, yeah. not necessarily, not necessarily even like that have been in that kind of situation, just, just people that like are retired or like veterans that have like interesting, like, like unique stories. Cause that's like, it's so fun to just sit there and listen to that kind of stuff. You got to go. Uh, I, I was gonna say, you got to go like get a VFW membership and just go Dude, hang out with yeah. those dudes. I, they, I would be down like, <laughs> The problem I probably is like, should there. Well, so out here with sub vets, right? There's like, yeah, always just the, the problem is that it's like the same three dudes that are always there. Yeah. And they're always just smashed. All, like they show up at 
at like one o'clock and they order yeah. their like double whiskey on the rocks yeah. and they just sit there and nurse that until like yeah. midnight when they finally boot them out of there right um but it's like i've talked to a couple of those guys and some of them have some wild stories but like yeah some of them it's uh it's like a different time uh, i don't know how to explain it like it's uh i feel like ever since um what is it blind man's bluff came out mm -hmm. yeah so many of them are like shady about talking about stuff and then you also uh, have okay. these guys that are like the cold war era heroes that are yeah. like we don't talk about any of that because that's you know yeah. like loose lips sink ships and it's like dude, yeah i get it but also that's what what that's you what's did. tough about it though like is all our stuff is classified so like when i went on um well i mean like pretty much all of it and it's like i yeah. can tell you some dumb sea stories about us goofing around in the galley or something but like uh the actual missions and stuff which is what people want to hear about because like when i went right. on uh when i went on they had to go out the uh those coast guard guys the chiefs yep, podcast yep. their their whole premise is what's your most uh daring or epic sea story and it's just like <laughs> i can't tell you any of them <laughs> it's just right. like not like, that I'm i like i'd love to but like i i can't tell you any of them like I it's just like can't. I've, I've got a puck that yeah so i did something cool but i can't tell you anything about why i got I, that yeah i can't i i'm not at liberty to discuss submarine operations what other questions do you have <laughs> like right i just and it sucks because like their stuff is so cool and i wish like i wish i could do more of like these types of interviews which i think i can i mean i, I can go find those types of people um, it's just hard it, to find them yeah well i have i have some buddies and just like contacts like people that i knew like as a young chief that were cmcs and stuff that are now retired that i'm probably gonna start seeking out like soonish. like there's a buddy of mine that was my cob on that on the special boat that uh he's been retired for like seven years now and he's a 30 year cmc that's probably like he's got wild stories and he's the type of dude that I, i've talked about before like during my chief season um we did our trainings or whatever. And of course we'd go in there and like muck it all up and just get our souls crushed. And, <laughs> but it would always be, it would, we'd get our souls crushed, but then it would always end with him like holding court in the chief's quarters and just like talking to us about whatever it was so that we walked away with these really like in-depth lessons on what the topic was. So we under, we always left feeling like, we were an inch tall because we're like, like what? Like this guy, like he would just dispense wisdom and make you feel like, like I, I can't even imagine what it's going to take to be a good chief in this guy's eyes because he's so like the Oracle of chiefing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. there's just something about him. He was like the center of gravity for chiefing. And it was just like, God, how do I even start to get trending in that direction? And like he would we did book reports and of course we all just like skimmed it because we didn't have time and we barely slept and we still stood watch because my whole season was underway. And it was just like we would go in there and we started talking about it and they'd be like, did you even read this book? And then they just start punching you in the face. But then uh, the cops, <laughs> the cops started talking about the story in detail. Like he had the book like he wrote the book like he was there. Right. Like he was on the ship like, and like I'm just like, how? how how do you know all this and it's just because he was a big history buff and yep, he, yep. he read a ton of he was like mattis you know like he just was constantly reading books and they were all history of naval warfare or 
like naval leadership stuff. Just like that's who he was, man. And yeah, huge influence on me. That sounds really similar to the the CMC that I had when I went through this season. It was like yeah. he was he read a lot, but he was really big into to naval history of all types, and so yeah. he was always drilling us on or not drilling us but like you couldn't he would ask you something and there was no way you could stumble through and like skim the surface of a topic because he would yeah. know like half the crew members names that were involved in the story you know like he just he <laughs> read so much good, about it yeah. and i'm like dude i i don't know what you want me to tell you man like i don't know what you know <laughs> and i'm not gonna have the time to get that level right now yeah um, i've gotten to a place where i'm usually the smartest kid in the room with like history and heritage stuff especially chief season stuff but like i've met some guys that are like historians and i'm just like wow i'm not on your level i just like like i study it and i love reading about it but it's yeah. not like there are some guys out there that are just like professors and it's it's super impressive and i wish i, I was that guy i hope to especially in retirement as i get deeper into this stuff and any involvement i can have in like heritage academies and whatever like to mm -hmm. ha have the time to be that guy but like I don't know. I'm also spending my time listening to audiobooks that are like fiction about like a sub Navy SEAL that like uh, his name's Jack Carr. He's an author that he wrote some books that are getting turned into a TV series. And I heard him on Joe Rogan. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. That's like I used to read Tom Clancy when I was a teenager yeah, like, yeah. in the library and stuff. So like I it's like I get into those kinds of novels and stuff. But, there's uh, there's a it was funny when he went through. So I'm a big baseball fan. And yeah. um the uh, the CMC I had he was he was a really big baseball fan also so we would constantly like when you're just sitting around shooting the breeze with a guy on watch or whatever the yeah. case is we'd almost always end up talking about baseball and um, it was funny because he during the season we were talking about like historical stuff and so we had um, some divers that were there and one of them was constantly asking us about like well, who's this guy that got a medal of honor? And it was a diver. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know the story of every medal of honor in the Navy. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. There's a few that <laughs> I'm sure, I, you know, I know a few, but yeah, but I don't know them all. And so he was getting all mad and it was like, dude, I don't, I don't know. That's your community. Yeah. And he like lost his mind on us because somebody was like, I don't know. I'm not a diver. Like that's not my community. And like every name that he threw out and every story that he started blasting us about were all, they were divers, but every, person or situation that he that he brought up were uh divers that were involved in submarine incidents oh wow. and so it was and so it was like oh and then he kept blasting us about that and i'm <laughs> like maybe i guess i should know that yeah, stuff. that's fair and then <laughs> and then after that he started going at us about um uh my cmc was like immediately was like what's the uh who's the like he's like you like baseball right and i'm like yeah and he's like so what's the award that you can get as a chief that has to do with baseball. And I'm sitting there like, uh, like, no, I did just shotgunned. And it was there one was of those things like it was a baseball Bob player that was a chief. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was Bob Feller. And it was yeah. like, I, I knew that, but of course, when you put on the spot, you just yeah, stare at the yeah, wall, like, like, uh, uh. <laughs> and so That's like, funny. he starts freaking out on me that I don't know this. Cause he's like, you know, baseball and you, you follow like, how do you not know all this? And he's yeah. freaking out. So then of course I had to like, look up anything and everything about the Bob Feller award and yeah, how often. I, and I feel like it's more productive to like have a conversation about it, which is why I think I got such an impression made on me by that CMC. It was like, he kind of let all the other chiefs do the face punching and then he would just 
swoop in with the like really meaningful discussion and like just drive the point home like why this yeah. stuff is important and like even as a leader like why is it important that you know this stuff you know what i mean like yeah, i yeah. purposely would go and i did research i'm not an encyclopedia but like i would purposely go into the season with selects that like we had a bm on uh when i was on shore duty uh like doing during my instructor tour uh, we had a BM that like he was a select and we were at final night or something. And I was asking him questions about um, like BM history and heritage stuff. And and he was just like, uh, like James Williams and like just all these guys that like were BM like famous. Like, how do you not know mm-hmm. who this guy is? And like uh, the like the longest serving chief, like the however, I think it's like 40 gold hash marks or something. And. <laughs> but like I did the research going in because right. of course I did. But like I asked him the questions and I'm like, I'm, this, I'm not asking you unfair questions, but it's like, why is it important that you know these things? Because I remember when when I freaked out uh, one day on my A school staff and it was it was the students really like I was I kept hearing all this crap from the students and the staff members about like, oh, boo hoo, I'm a CS and I don't want to be here because who wants to be a cook in the Navy? And like, cause the job gets looked down upon and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, and a lot of the students that we would get were like, didn't cut a high enough ASVAB score or right. uh, like didn't academically meet the mark in another A school. So they'd send them to us and blah, blah, blah. And I just lost it one day in front of 150 students with the staff. It was like our, our little all hands call basically like your Friday don't drink and drive speech pretty much. Yeah. And so I, we, we did it on, I think it was so like at the end of every day they would form up to march out and like the instructors would talk to them. But Mm -hmm. like every, I think it was Tuesdays we did this. uh, It was a student of the week awards presentation. And then it was just like kind of like a, the staff's opportunity to talk to all the students. So, um, but it was, yeah, I just lost it and was like, ta- I just went, cause I've been to like a big CS hit, like a cook history buff for a long time. Like I collect a lot of memorabilia and like, right. um, and I just have done a lot of research on it. And, uh, I actually built another website a long time ago where I was kind of, it was like this, this idea in my mind kind of where I was going to mm-hmm. do a bunch of podcasts of like, just like rating s- specific stuff so that it was like, you could help study and blah, blah, blah. And, mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, it I did a bunch of research for that too, and I was trying to create like training and and whatever. But uh, like Leonard Harmon, William Pigney, Dory Miller, Jacob Wasby, like j- six Medal of Honor winners, like, and you just go on and on and on. And there's like all these examples of guys that were cooks that did crazy stuff, like that. It was they were being a sailor first, just like most of the people that right. that are in the situations they're in, earning those awards or earning that recognition or whatever. And when I like I, w- I just went off and was like spouting all that stuff off, but using it as an example of why they were like they should be happy to be there. And like that uh, we have this long heritage of contributing just as much as everyone else. Right. And like got them all fired up. And what was funny about it is the staff was like all geeked when we were done and they were just like, I didn't know <laughs> any of that except Dory Miller. Like they're like, yeah. I zero awareness on any of them. I'm like, there are currently active ships named leonard Harmon and william pinckney and like you don't know like who those people are like jesus and so it was like it was pretty shocking to me like how little they knew and so it just became like a passion for me like because i was like man if you guys don't know the students definitely aren't going to know and they're right. definitely not going to be able to take any pride in it so we need to like go out of our way to have those conversations and- well it's funny that you said uh like 
when they, they were being sailors first, right? Because yeah. when when we were when I was supposed to go IA, right? So I spent three and a half months playing army. Um yeah. and everybody there's army and and it was wild while we were trying to swap like sea story type things down during yeah. downtime. Cause they're looking at us and it's like, oh cool, what have you done? Or like how did because we're they'd look at like the warfare device that we had, right? Yeah. And there was only three submariners there there's me the oic uh was a squadron deputy and um there was an ft2 that was with us and so they were like oh what's what's yours why is yours different from everybody else that had either wings or or surface and uh they're like oh we're submariners and they're like oh cool and so they're they're talking to us about it and then we're looking at theirs right and they've like the army like everybody looks like a war like a war hero yeah, immediately yeah. <laughs> and i mean i'm not knocking it they do some it was just yeah it was totally different like yeah we'd be like oh how did you get that or what's that from and he's like oh i was in a helicopter that got shot down and you know and i was like geez like yeah <laughs> dude I, <laughs> I just like you know i stayed extra did like some extra maintenance or whatever the yeah. case like you you survived it's like a helicopter going down he's like yeah me and two other guys made it the rest of the guys in there died and blah 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 and you're just like That's good crazy. lord like that is that is a very different sea story than what i have yeah. you know? well and there's <laughs> but, there, what's funny is like when you try to look at it that way it's like because there are people that have stories like that obviously right but there's yeah, yeah. i know guys that were on the san francisco when it coll- collided with yeah. an undersea mountain so it's like yep. there are dudes in our community like that too and then i think like when you try to compare each other like it's it's almost unfair because in your mind what you do is not a big deal and it's like to most of those soldiers what they do isn't a big deal either you know what i mean Because right. like all of my army friends on uh fort lee when i was there it's just like I knew a bunch of EOD guys and like uh, some I'm trying to think of like some I think some of them were infantry guys. Some of, they a bunch of different people because there was mm-hmm. like NCO academies there and a couple other like things where they had a bunch of people from all over. But mostly it was like ordnance and logistics. So like mm-hmm. a bunch of EOD guys um, and then like you talk to them and it's like some of them like some of them had crazy stories like my buddy got blown up and like medically retired and uh, had purple heart and all this other crazy stuff. And he. He didn't talk about it almost ever. Like we did this one one day on it was like Memorial Day and we were at the gym because he was he was out. He was a guy I knew going to the CrossFit gym I went to, but talked about it a little then just in relation to like his injuries and stuff because he would like not show up for like two weeks and then and he was like a gym rat and we're like where's where's this guy at and I guess he had like occasionally he'd just get these like crazy headaches and just be like debilitated like just like laid up for a while and then it would go away and he'd be fine. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, then you get other guys that are just like they don't like they look like warriors in their uniform, but they're just normal dudes that like or or girls that like hadn't you know they're just like had a, a I don't know if you could call a career an average career, but you know what I mean like yeah they, yeah, they yeah. didn't have like the crazy stories like and I look at my career and I'm like I don't like I don't know if I have any crazy stories, but like when I tell my people like my career arc, a lot of them like oh like because. First boat, we launched Tomahawks at Iraq. Second boat was the special one. And they're just like, oh, so it's like, is my career yeah, like yeah, yeah. not average? Because it feels average to me. Like, I don't think I did anything crazy. So I think, I well, so so when we were talking to him, it was he had some wild stories. And for him, that was just like, I don't know. It's just what you do. Like you stay yeah. in the army long enough and stuff crazy happens. stuff happens. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, which I totally get, like, again, like our crazy is different right but um 
but the same thing they were looking at us like dude you guys go on a submarine and we're yeah, like and they yeah they think you're like, out of your mind <laughs> yeah and i'm looking at this guy who like literally told me that he was in a helicopter that got yeah. shot down and he tells me that i'm crazy and i'm yeah. like uh we have very different definitions of that dude. yeah i was gonna say but, <laughs> but he uh so while he was telling me that like somewhere in there i don't, I don't remember exactly how it came up but the the some question was asked and about like what their job is or what they do. And the guy basically responded with like, well, we're soldiers. And it's like, no, I get that. But like, everybody has like an MOS or something, you know, yeah. like what's your specialty. Right. And they would kind of explain it, but they were like, I, I mean, we're just, we're like infantry with something else. And it was, it was hard to relate because we were both speaking different languages, but we yeah. also, we understood the principles. Like we had the same the same things happened. We just called them something different. So it was kind of yeah. hard to follow, but he was explaining like, no, like in the army, everybody, you are infantry first. And like your specialty is, is secondary. Right. Which yeah. is funny because in the Navy, I feel like it's totally the opposite. Yeah, the opposite. Yeah. I, I like, think, I think it is most places. I think submarines probably get closest I don't know. Maybe there's other communities too that I just don't have the experience to speak on. But like, I think submarines get closest to treating you like you're a sailor first, kind of like, it's almost like you're a sailor first when it's convenient for the watch bill. But like, <laughs> like, cause like I stand, yeah. I'm up in control, stand and dive as the cook chief, which a lot of people think is insane, but it's like, right. it's, I can, I, I have, I have the same expertise going in that anyone does kind of, I mean, I don't have the helms and planes experience, but neither do radio men, neither do a couple other people, you know, nobody does there. there's no rate that specializes in driving a boat it's all well, a i'm saying so like ls is like their their career progression they're going to spend four years driving the boat yeoman well, are going to yeah, spend yeah. four years driving the boat so they're they're going to have like a, a foundation to be set up to qualify that watch where i didn't but a lot of people but that's don't. not based on that's their just, rate that's just based on right. where they stood watch well that's what i mean yeah it's like yeah, based yeah. on their career progression for them on submarines but yeah it's like i think we probably get the closest because it's like if you got a pair of fish, you know how to do the following things and everybody just believes that. So it's like it's kind of I think I think we're in the wheelhouse. But, yeah, I think it's like and I don't know that it's like that in the whole army because one of the no, cook, I'm the, sure that was yeah. a generalization from yeah. that one guy. But still the cooks I worked with definitely were not like focused on being infantrymen. It was like they were definitely like focused on their career field. But I mean, they were at a schoolhouse, so it kind of makes sense. I mean, I don't know what they're right. like when they're with a unit. So. I mean, it was just weird for us because we were uh, normally when you go through all this training, um, at least the training that we were at. And again, for anybody listening, this like when I say normally, I mean, what this is what was described to me Yeah. because um, it was supposed to be part of a. So there's like different types of going IA. Right. And so yeah. there's the quick like you go to I don't know where it's at, probably somewhere in the south and mm. to some army base and they. You do like a quick medical screening. They make sure that you're you match what your paperwork says. Yeah. They issue you a bunch of guns and ammo or not ammo, but, uh, you know, you get weapons, body armor and yeah. whatever uniforms you're supposed to have. And then they get you a plane ticket to somewhere miserable. <laughs> and and you're there. And it's I think it's literally like it's two weeks. And that's what most people yeah. that I spoke to who have gone IA. Um, that's what they did. And then, so for mine, it was part of a PRT, a provincial reconstruction team. Yeah. So we had, ours was more like hearts and minds and not so much right. security. Uh, so it was, 
it was super interesting though because we had i mean it was like i said it was three and a half months so there was tons of like civil affairs training and like you go right. sit in on like the history of afghanistan and why it is the way it is right now and yeah you'd learn about all this stuff and it was super interesting in that aspect um but the guy was like he was trying to explain some of the stuff and we're like well he's like okay tomorrow we're gonna go basically practice clearing a room and and do all this other stuff and and we're looking at him like dude i'm like a i'm a comms guy like i'm gonna be yeah. sitting in the talk i'm gonna be behind a laptop like or playing with crypto or whatever right like yeah I'm, I'm i'm like the computer nerd in the room i'm probably not the guy that's kicking in a door clearing a room <laughs> and that was one of the other times that he came in and he's like no man like you guys are i mean you're in the navy but like you're soldiers first like you will be you have to be capable of doing all this it was kind of like they're like we do on on the boat with like getting your yeah. dolphins right like you have to know this baseline yeah sure you're a yeoman you're going to be doing a bunch of paperwork you're probably not going to be the the expert on you know a runaway diesel but <laughs> you need to at least have a baseline right and so that yeah. was kind of what they did with us and it was cool because my with the training i got to do a ton of stuff that was all out of my element yeah um which made it fun because and i i heard I, stories I always, from buddies that like went over there and it was like yeah they were supposed to be behind the wire doing some boring job and it was just like there was a shortage or some gap or something and they ended up on like a humvee thing like go <laughs> like yeah. like a a patrol going from one place to the other and you're outside the wire and kevlar like yeah. doing whatever and it's just like that's not what i'm here for but it's like yeah no it is what you're here for like sometimes yeah. that's you're your gonna body have to fill a gap yeah yeah so. no it's just it's very different but it was i mean i loved it and like i mean obviously yeah. i didn't go uh i was i was still i'm still that's, mad that i yeah. didn't go um <laughs> only because i spent so much time going through Preparing, all the training yeah. like yeah i said that's you know, silly you, that they didn't send you after putting all that time into training you well, so I sat down with some full bird and was talking to him about he was kind of like the the liaison, the official liaison between that for the IA stuff there. And yeah. I was trying to talk to him like, hey, man, like I've got I went through all this training. I, you set me aside. I've done like my life is set up for me to be gone. Let me go. Like, I yeah. want to go do this stuff. And he was kind of like, well, and it was it was dumb because it was like a bureaucratic reason. Right. But yeah. So it's like listen, the Navy approved you to go fill this billet at this command to go do this one thing, right? Like, basically, we had to pull you out of whatever you're doing, and this is what got approved by somebody. So for us to send you anywhere else, you have to go through that whole routing chain again. And he's like, that's... Yeah. It could take who knows how long. It's basically like, it's just not worth it. They'll just send... Uh, really, they just started plugging all those holes with uh, reservists because reservists, it was mm. like, hey, you were going to go here. Do you want to go to this fob instead? And they're like, yeah, OK. And I'd be like, yeah. all right, cool. You're going here now instead. Yeah, and and you're going over here now. Pulled from anywhere else. Right. It was yeah. like, well, you got funded to go do whatever we wanted. So you're going to go do this. Is that OK? Yeah. And they'd say, sure. And then they'd send them off. Um, but for us, he was that was the way he explained it. And again, I, I could be way off. It, it doesn't sound totally out to lunch though with the way yeah he or like with knowing the navy that totally makes sense right yeah is <laughs> is i mean it, it makes sense it's not that it makes sense but it's understandable i guess or i don't know believable i guess is the word yeah 
I mean, I don't, yeah, I, Manning stuff in general, like, I've never, I've never fully wrapped my mind around how they do what they do, especially when, like, they, people talk about, like, Manning being so terrible, like, they, for, for CS is on submarines right now, it's pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. But they say that, and then it's like, I'll go boat to boat, and, I, like, I've been down on boats where there's, like, nine cooks, and I'm like, and then there's another one that's got four, and I'm like, how, how, how does that happen? <laughs> Like, I don't understand, and I look at, I get a spreadsheet, or at least, I mean, I did when I was at work, and I'm just doing medical stuff, but um, when I'd get this spreadsheet, like, I think it was every month that was, like, uh, the whole, like, region's projected Manning numbers, and, uh, like, our side of the world, and every submarine's on there, and I'm, like, looking at them all, and it's, like, you just look at it, and it's, like, how does this guy have a huge surplus, and, and this guy doesn't? And then, a lo- like, a lot of them, it's like, they're in the same home port. So, like, how can't I just move this guy over from here to here? And it's like, or just do a better job of projecting things out. And it's like, I know there's things that happen that are completely beyond anyone's control. Like, unplanned right. losses and, like, you know, the, pretty much unplanned losses. But, uh, and then, like, PRDs get adjusted and whatever. But it's mm-hmm. like, I feel like we have enough control to like fill those gaps and like at least have somebody like puppeting it from like we have a like an nssc manning guy and it's like puppeting Mm -hmm. it from that position but he only has like a very limited ability to do anything without millington rubber stamping it so it's just like it's frustrating for the boats too because it's like yeah we'll detail you a guy in a year and it's like what's that dude for my <laughs> deployment right now so then you're like right walking around with your hat in your hand trying to beg for riders because i did that every deployment i did on my last boat i was walking around asking people to send me send me riders and i was proactive enough and like did it way ahead of time that i was always able to get what i needed but like a lot of times they were just you know people especially if there's an unplanned loss it's like people go to see super undermanned and it's just like or they'd come last minute and try to ask people and they're like man i got a food load and a deployment coming up myself like i got stuff going on now it's like i could have while i was in my pre-deployment training period and whatever well Um, that's the hard part is like nothing ever lines up like you're never gonna have a convenient time for everybody like we have the that huge issue just shore duties in general i think the like they say that uh, manning at shore duties is like 80% yeah. on average um, because so many people are, you know, like the fleet is what's getting underway, right? So yeah. if, if they yeah. have to have a shortage somewhere, have the shortage at the schoolhouse or at yeah. whatever shore duty and leave the boat as manned as possible. It sucks, and, though, because like we were 75% man the whole time I was at the A school and it was just like we were burning the candle at both ends yeah Yeah. i was on the podium like eight hours a day and then i had to so i was the sel i was a bunch of collateral duties because it's like we're just like triple adding it half the time and i was standing duty and so it was like i had to do all my sel stuff or like first i was the lcpo and before that i was the nmti boss like the nmti chief yeah yeah and it was just like i had to be the nmt chief or the LCPO or the SEL, and I had to instruct for eight hours a day. So it was just like my eight-hour day is instruction, right? And then it's like while I'm shoving my lunch right. in my mouth, I'll check my email and try to get a little admin done before the students get back from lunch. And then I come in a little early and try to do the same thing. But then it's like I'd be in my office till 1900 just 
writing evals and awards and doing <laughs> yeah. all the things that a chief does outside of being on the podium for eight hours a day. So it's just like, man, I, li- a- I lived there. And then and you, you go were- back to see. Right. And the, well, you had multiple services at you, like you had yeah. multiple branches, right? Yeah, we had so everybody. One of my uh, previous chiefs, I think you knew him. Mm-hmm. He was uh, the LPO when you were there. Uh, and then he made chief and he came to us to be our chief. Okay. And then yep, now, yep, yep, yeah. when he was at Waka, he was talking about that as that was the most miserable part was he's like, I'm trying to figure out like evals and, and all the paperwork side of it. But it's like you have the multiple timelines for the Navy and the different yeah. ranks that work with you. But then you also have he had like Army and Air Force yeah. and all these other people. And he's trying to like, you know, OK, sure. By the, by the point he was at as a senior chief, like he understands how to write a Navy eval. Right. And like the keywords, tricky phrases they want to see or not see or whatever. But he's like, now he's got to learn how to do it for the army and not screw these guys and how to do it for the air force. And he was like, dude, it was, he's like, I spent basically like three out of my five days every week year round, just trying to figure out how to write evals for everybody to get everybody. happy. Yeah. I never had to, I like, I helped, some air force ncos with their evals a few times just because they didn't really like there was a period of time where there was a really strong nco there and then after that they kind of got abandoned just because of manning issues so it was just a bunch Mm -hmm. of like e5s and like a random e6 but they were all really junior Um, yeah so we helped them a bunch i basically functioned as their senior nco over there when i was there because they just didn't have one and um, right. But I still I didn't learn how to write their f- fit reps or whatever. It was just like uh, I I helped them with like just the wordsmithing and stuff. But I don't know what they want to see at their boards and stuff. So I and I never had any directly working for me. Like the closest we got was when we had a, the Air Force was in the same barracks as us. Like they we shared the building. So like mm-hmm. we basically dual hatted it like they had MTLs, which are basically NMTIs and so they, we would just, we had a really great working relationship where like we would police each other's students and, um, help right, each other, right. help each other out. And, uh, so it was hilarious cause there was a couple students that would like think that, that, that the UCMJ didn't apply to them when the air force was yelling at them. And I'm just like, that's an E6 bro. Like you don't get to just tell <laughs> them to F off. And it was hilarious cause the few times that they did, like we burned them to the ground and it was like, it quickly got around that if an air force MTL tells you to fix yourself, you better fix yourself. <laughs> but, uh, cause it was like, yeah, no, we've totally told them a, that it's fine, but B, we don't have to tell them it's fine. Like they're, they're an air force NCO, like they're in the military, you're in the military, they outrank you. And if they know you're jacked up and they tell you to fix yourself, like UCMJ applies all the time. Like you don't get to tell them, no, that's not yeah, how that yeah. works. Just because they're wearing a different uniform, but I think the most wild was when, when, so we were out when I was doing all that stuff with the army, we were in the the motor pool and we had a bunch of trucks that we, we were using and we had to turn them over to some other army command that was like some sec four for the training or so. I don't know. Some weird situation. We have to turn them over. Right. So just like turning over anything else, we're standing out there like we did all of our checks to make sure everything was good before we gave it to them all screwed up. And so we hang out while they go check everything out. Right. Yeah. And so we're standing there and it was like I was in E6 at the time. And then there was two, two other firsts that were there with me. And so the three of us are just kind of hanging out like we don't really know what we're doing, but we're kind of trying to play it cool. Like we we do this all the time, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh 
so we're like we're sitting there and this this guy came up and asked us if we were the you know who we he thought we were and he's like um he was a army i'm gonna i think it's just vanilla sergeant e5 yeah that's an e5 yeah okay so he was he was a sergeant and he's standing there and then a couple of uh I, I didn't even catch what they were, but they were like probably like E1, E2, E3, maybe at the right. highest, uh, jump out with them. And they like, and he's standing there talking to us. We say, hey, whatever. And of course, we're like way over the top casual about everything. Yeah. Um, And he like almost like popped it like to attention while he was talking to us. <laughs> and we're like, yeah. uh, and we're trying to like, hey, hey man, I, yeah. I don't know how this works. Like, I'm not telling you how to do your job because I clearly don't know how to do it. But, uh, you know like it's cool man calm <laughs> like, down yeah yeah and so he was cool like he was yeah. fine he kind of eased up a little bit but <laughs> yeah. i feel like he almost looked at us like we were the the screwed up ones which and i'm not saying he's wrong right because we were probably overly lax about yeah. anything but whatever so he's talking to us and he's like literally like just sending these guys off like go check this truck out go look at this one go yeah. verify this right and these dudes just like literally jog away to go to these trucks yeah and he's standing there with his checklist looking down the sheet and then they'd come like literally jogging back to him and post up like at attention in front of him while they're talking wow. to him and then he'd say something and they'd turn around and jog back off and we're looking around at each other like dude, are, dude yeah like, are they in and we were like hey are they like are they in trouble <laughs> and, and the dude was like no like what are you talking about? like he looked at us like we were crazy he's like no that dude's awesome and we're like i mean <laughs> the only time we interact with somebody the way that you were doing this is like if we're in trouble like otherwise it's a little more lax and it was yeah. just like he looked at us like we were crazy we looked at him like he was crazy but it was just one of those like i'd never seen that much like not respect for rank but like yeah maybe at that level at least like watching like a, an e3 run up and like stand at attention and post to talk to an e5 like just maybe it's just my the submarine background but yeah that would, it just it would is. never happen <laughs> i mean, mean it's the navy background i don't know that it happens like that anywhere in the navy um yeah it's just that's col a cultural outside difference of like a, outside of like a schoolhouse right because yeah. like i see yeah, it with yeah, our yeah. students but for sure but that's it's a different relationship in that set setting i guess yeah but like on a boat if I ever saw a dude standing at attention talking to somebody else, it's because he's in trouble. Yeah, no, ninety nine percent of the time, it's because he's in trouble. And, um, and I don't, I don't know. Like, like I don't wrong. know if. It, yeah, I don't. I'm just saying, like, I don't know if it's like that everywhere. Like, as far as I mean, for the army or the Marine Corps or whatever. Like, I'm sure it varies by like maybe by community, yeah. kind of like ours does, or maybe or by, just who your boss is. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, I would imagine there's some like standardization across like certain career fields kind of like submarines we were known as being a little more lax with that kind of stuff not with professionalism <laughs> yeah. so much as just like the the like strict military bearing um but yeah i, don't, I wonder if it's like that everywhere because i've always wondered seems like marines are like that too but i don't know like i've never been in a unit with marines uh like where i've worked really closely with them like we had their their yeah. food service schoolhouse was uh, near ours but they did all their classes and most of their stuff somewhere else so like we saw them around and i mean their uniforms are always super squared away and like their ncos were always super squared away but like when we interfaced with them it was like they were like us like uh, we'd hang out with yeah. their gunnery sergeants or their master guns and it was like he was super chill 
Like they were awesome. They were just normal people, but I don't see them with the students all the time. And so it's like, when you see them, it seems, it seemed like they were like that, but it was also a training command. So, who knows? right. I mean, I, so I had a good buddy of mine through high school. He was in the Marines for a while. And like yeah. the best description, I think like, again, I have super, super limited experience around Marines also, but <laughs> yeah. from what I've seen, they're like the epitome of we work hard, we play hard. Yeah, for sure. Like <laughs> off duty, those dudes, they went hard, right? Yeah. About everything, anything. Like, yeah. you know, like you'd be playing video games and it's just like the most raucous video game session that right. ends up with Thousand two dudes true, wrestling. Yeah. It's somehow somebody's going to end up wrestling somebody else for some reason. And it's like, it's never <laughs> bad, you know, it's just blown off steam. But then like when you watch them work, like in like as a Marine in uniform doing anything yeah. professional, it was like, Dude, these guys are like they don't stop. Yeah, and and it's it's so I, I don't know. Yeah, I love it. I just I, it, my favorite part is like just the professionalism, like in, in interactions and their uniform appearance and military bearing is just like off the charts. And I think a lot of it is just like the way they build the the pride of being a Marine into these kids. Like yeah. when they when they leave like Marine Corps boot camp, you they it's it's part of their DNA. Like it, they are Marines, and it's just like. And they're super proud of it. And whatever they do there, God, like it's they're doing it right, man. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I wish we we left RTC with that type of pride built into us. Um, well, because even that's funny because even at boot camp there was like a segregation. There was no, not that we didn't have that like cool I'm a sailor mindset, you know. But yeah, even within within our division at boot camp there was like oh no we're the submariners yeah those are the reservists those are the and it what there was no right. like hey we're all sailors it was very much like and no, i feel no, no, no. like if you're gonna build that anywhere it's at rtc and i feel like that should be the focus where it's just like i don't know if like yeah like yeah you join as this that or the other thing but it's like it's almost like if it, you you could make it so that they don't know or something like so that you you remove those little like subcultures within the division because yeah, or, or group them all together. I don't know. Like, but it's like the, the way that they do it in Marine Corps boot camp, And I, and I wonder if they go in knowing, or if they're just like, yeah, no, you're a Marine and we'll tell you what you're going to do after boot camps over or something. But I don't think that's true, but I don't know. I don't know how they overcome it, but whatever they're doing, Jesus, I wish, I wish we would take some lessons from that and build it in our, uh, our training process. Yeah, it's I I don't know, it's different like I know you've mentioned it before and and other people have mentioned it like um other people that you've interviewed of like there's you see like the 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 chief pride, right? But there's yeah. no like sailor pride or whatever the case is, right? Being, yeah. But, but even that I like I don't feel like it's the same, you know what I mean? Like cuz I feel like the and I may there's probably multi multiple levels to this, but like as far as like the the pride a marine has in being a marine i think they use that however they program it in to translate to that going hard all the time like their uniforms are all like super sat they always have good haircuts when a marine every time a marine walked by me that i can remember they didn't just greet me they greeted me by my rank and they knew my rank and i'm not in their service and they but they knew right. i was chief or senior or whatever and it was just like I had I'd walk around base and soldiers and airmen were saluting me because they had no idea what I was. 
Like they just <laughs> yeah. thought, err on the side of caution and throw up a hand salute. And then if he does, if he laughs at me, whatever, <laughs> it's better than getting yelled at. But like these Marines, they knew exactly who I was. They greeted me as good afternoon, chief. And they still do it here, too. Like where I'm at now, like the security forces guys, I walk by them and it's good afternoon, chief or good afternoon, senior. And it's like the NCOs do it. The junior guys do it like everybody. It's just like every Marine I've encountered has been like that. And I'm sure there's an exception somewhere. But like almost almost universally, my experience has just been like, wow, like what is in the water there? Like, because I think they found a way to parlay that pride into that strict adherence to those things because it's part of their pride in being a Marine. It's not because staff sergeant said so you know what i mean it's like yeah, they yeah. fit they solved that equation and i wish that was something that because with chiefs i can you i can say that they're more often than not that pride in being a chief does not translate into all of those things and i'm not attacking anybody and i'm not beating up on anybody but like if you lined up a hundred chiefs in khakis right now and did a uniform inspection it wouldn't be the same result as if you just took a hundred random Marines and lined them up for a uniform. Like they would right. look like they just left Paris Island. Like they would yeah. all be super sat. And if I told you to a hundred chiefs to put on their choker whites right now, 50 of them wouldn't be able to fit. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> for whatever reason, yeah. maybe they got yoked. Maybe they got fat. I'm just saying like it's, and it's because it's the, the, understanding it like the the way that they do that it's like it's not programmed into us the same way it's just not no that was that was a kind of a cool thing that i think i learned more and respected more after going through the season was um it's like i never i didn't care about non-submarine anything really right because that's just the way we are like as submariners you're kind of we we have our own bases or our own portions of bases right. where we're totally segregated we don't play with other branches it's not like <laughs> it's not like i'm just gonna randomly take a tour on a ddg like i'm not gonna yeah, go do a, a you really I'm don't not gonna take orders to a to a carrier <laughs> next time like i yeah. can't right yeah so the like, only other communities that we interact with are like seals because on gns and stuff and like and maybe um like when the tender guys come down or like something like that, like a shop guy comes down, you might interact with like a surface mechanic or something, but like, right. that's about it. Unless you go to shore divers. Yeah. Divers. You get divers. divers are divers are down all the time. That's true. Um, um, yeah, not a lot of them though. And it doesn't happen super frequently. No. And your interaction is usually pretty brief. Like yeah. they're coming down to verify to like second check divers tags before they yeah. do their whatever swim or I don't yeah. know. They do, yeah. But, they come down, and do third checks, and then do the dive brief, and then leave. Like I don't. Right. And generally, I'm telling them to get their hands out of their pockets. So, <laughs> all my NDs that are listening, I love you. I'm just saying. They're uh, <laughs> they're so. It's special. just a I different community, man. Like they, like, I love it. It just is what it is. And I, I like when I talk to it. the yeah when I talk to the NSW tech guy about like kind of how they do business too. It was like he was the same way. He was like unapologetic about it being part of their community, and it's like. Dude, I get it. Like you, submariners the same way. I got to tell them to get haircuts and get their hands out of their pockets, too. It's not unique. It's just like, right. they're, yeah, they're a little more relaxed on certain things. And um, I'm not. Just, and I'm that guy that tells you to get your hands out of your pockets. Yeah. Everybody knows that. It's not like it's new. But yeah. So there. Uh, yeah. No, it's funny when you when you talk about the. Uh, so while I was doing all that stuff. 
um, in Indiana. I'm working with this guy who was a senior chief FTS, some kind of FET, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I learned what FTS was because yeah. I had no clue, right? But um, like I literally didn't know it existed in the world yeah. um, as an E6. I felt like that's probably something I should have known. But again, there, that doesn't exist in the submarine world. So like I would not have. I mean, outside of, you know, certain weird short duty positions, yeah, yeah. but like I would have had no reason to know that that was a thing. Yeah. Um, and and it kind of bums me out all the things that I've learned over the years that I realized that I just was never exposed to because I was because I'm a submariner. Like we're yeah. we're such a we have such a small circle that we don't there's so much out there that we just don't know about. Right. But um, we were talking about something and and one of the guys we're we're all playing pool at the USO and this guy was giving us a hard time because we only had one warfare device because we just had our dolphins. <laughs> and and so I kinda no offense to any Airedales out there, but I know. <laughs> he had his he had his surface and he had his wings, right? I'm thinking so, of all this thing all the savage things I would say to that guy about <laughs> as I'm as I'm listening. <laughs> so we're like in the middle of playing pool, right? And we're all just giving each other a hard time about it. Yeah. But he's like, well, he's like, well, you guys are so great. Why do you only have one warfare device? And like outside of the obvious logistics of <laughs> there's only one to get. Yeah. Uh, I was like, dude, give me two weeks in a Snickers bar and I'll get my wings. <laughs> and like, he was Because so I didn't find mine it. at the bottom of a Cracker Jack <laughs> box, Shippy. That's why. Like, <laughs> he was so mad about uh, it. But like, yeah. again, I... <laughs> It was a joke, but still, uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so we were laughing about it, and that that senior chief was like, he was like, "Here's my impression of submariners for all the different times that I've worked with you guys." Um, he's like, "You guys are very smart, and you're also super out of standards and lazy." <laughs> I don't. Lazy's not the right well, term. It's so, like. Lazy, it's like situational, so, situationally lazy. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because so like when it's example. go time, they're going to get it in. But when it's well, not, so here's like a, <laughs> he's like, basically like you guys yeah. are all fat and smart. Oh, and that's so, not true. It's sort well, of true. It's a little true. It's like, it's like 67% true. <laughs> it's, it's true enough to be a stereotype. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And so, well, so I laughed about it because when, when you say like lazy, right? So it's it's definitely a special kind of lazy because yeah, yeah so prime example i'm I'm standing watch and behind me is this equipment that like you just got to stand up use a keyboard that's on it but it's also wired in so i can do this weird special way of controlling it from where i'm sitting okay but it's like it's like a backup version it's not not backup but it's like there's nothing wrong with it like the capability is there yeah it's just nobody would normally do that because it's slower it's kind of a pain right um but it's easier to just stand up and turn around because it's literally like if you lean back in your chair, you can touch it with your hand. Like, yeah. you know, submarines aren't big. <laughs> um, but so I refused and I would always operate it from where I was sitting. And so <laughs> this guy came in and he's like, why do you do it that way? Why don't you just do it over here where it's easy and everybody and I'm like, because I can just keep sitting here. Yeah. And now I know how to do all this in case that ever breaks. And it's like, I'm so lazy about it at the time that like I wouldn't stand up. But I was also that much smarter because I knew all these other workarounds and all these. Other yeah, things I was going to say, it's like we're willing to go through a lot of pain to like get to that place where I don't got to get out of my chair to operate <laughs> yeah. the keyboard. Like I'll spend a hundred hours 
setting that up so that for every day for the rest of my life i don't have to get out of that chair that's the keyboard that's the the analogy that probably best describes it yeah yeah no it's perfect and it's like i couldn't i can't argue with it like when he was talking about that but the one thing that he did say was that we probably retain the most from our warfare pin like yeah the board that you go through well, they, He's yeah, like, you guys know all that stuff still. And we kind of laughed and I was like, yeah. And there was the other the FT2 that was there with me. I looked over at him and I was like, hey, man, uh, where are all the fire hoses on your boat? <laughs> <laughs> and he starts rattling them off. Right. And yeah. we're like and we're laughing and we looked at like and again, it's it's unfair when you're talking to like somebody on a carrier. Yeah, I know. But it's yeah. like it was an unfair example. Right. But it was like, hey, how many four MCs do you have on your boat or whatever? Like. Where yeah. are they all at? And and so again, it's but it's the difference is I, like, I can't answer most of those questions anymore because I went from an eighty eight to a sea wolf to a BN. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like banana. Like I, I know I could walk to them. Like I know where they're at. But <laughs> yeah. as far as like memorizing them and like telling you, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's yeah. We had because they like the boomers where they do it where it's like Mike Tack one Tack one. I'm like what four compartment upper level? No, like what what are we talking about? Because yeah, like the, yeah. they're all different names and all this crap. And I'm just like, oh, Jesus. And I we just got sick issue. of memorizing it all. We had a cook actually who was a previous 88 guy and he was qualifying chief of the watch. Yeah. And so every time like a code red or a fire or something was going on, they would call where it was at or like they, you know, report it. And he's got to make the one MC yeah. and he goes to make the one MC and he would say like rig the, you know, and I was on a boomer and he's like, uh, he said something like rig the the fire hose in four compartment middle level or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> and we're like, what? Which which middle level? There's <laughs> yeah. like, what are you talking? And most you just of see, them, like, ha- everybody pause. Yeah, and he'd correct himself. That's but- why. Luckily, there like we had a. I don't know if every boat does it. I think they do. Where you had that matrix up there. Yeah. Where you yeah. just look at like, okay, it's in this area, so you slide your finger over, and it's like Mike Tack One Tack Two or whatever. So like that yeah. saved me as chief of the watch because like I didn't like I I would have done the same thing like I'd take this hose to this place and and I was they did a some other stuff slightly differently but but, yeah. but it's also funny because like so he would make the 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 announcement and then he would immediately correct himself and then of oh, course yeah, somebody yeah. would come tell him like hey you got to get better with that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but it it was also funny because like he would use that chart but like everybody else just had it memorized if they yeah. were like career boomer guys they just yeah, knew yeah. um but he would also laugh because he was like why do i even have to tell them which hose to use they know which hose to use right <laughs> like if they're reporting i told them where the fire is they know what to do i mean know what to do yes and no like in the heat of the moment you could screw that up especially like yeah if you make a split second decision because you're could because you're physically closer to another hose and you're just like ah this will work and then it doesn't reach and all kinds of like, dumb stuff so yeah yeah i i definitely agree with announcing the hoses but it's just like it's it's definitely it's challenging because they're the all the different platforms are different enough that it's like requalifying or like qualifying chief to watch on a new platform like it's tough man like it's like getting your fish again like like oh yeah the submarine operates the same way so like i have a pretty good baseline but when I got when I qualified chief of the watch on a Seawolf platform after getting my fish on an 88, it was just like it was and it was like a special boat, too. So it's just like, Jesus, like it was it took me a hot minute to get all that stuff down. Once I did, I like I really knew it. Like I got my fish on a Seawolf, but 
it was just like, man, it took me a while to like reprogram my brain to like think about it like that in that way. Cause they had a bunch of different stuff. Like right. Seawolves have um, those quick, uh, quick hose reels that one person can man. And like, so you'll grab them and just run huh. with them. Yeah. They just have, and I think that if I remember correctly, they're freshwater. So it's like, you just grab it one man hose and it's just Weird. like a rapid response hose reel. And then they have uh H, which I think boomers have it in a different way. Like, well, do I? I'm I'm motioning it together now in my brain too. They have like uh, the Seawolf platforms. We have a like an A triple F tank, and you can like mm-hmm. uh, cut. You just flip a valve on the hose, and it automatically comes out of a seawater hose. So like you don't have to connect to what are those stupid things called the canisters? Um, I don't remember the A triple F ones. That's gonna piss me off now. Um, <laughs> But like Give you me don't, back your you fish. Don't, yeah, I know, right? Fire me. They don't have to connect any of that stuff. They just it's already there and already done, so it's pretty cool. But but then you get to a, a BN and it's totally different. And you're just like, Jesus, like yeah. I gotta relearn all this crap again. And it was tough, man. It was like I didn't feel like like on the BN I had the the lowest level of knowledge, I think, probably for because they were like pushing me really fast to get through my qual my requals. Mm. Like, yeah, you've already done this. It's fine. Like, yeah, but I don't know, like, because they asked me to sit a dolphin board like a couple of months <laughs> after I checked in. I'm like, are you out of your mind? I barely know how to get off the boat to go home at the end of the night. I'm like, no, <laughs> I told them no, because they because their instructions said uh, submarine qualified chief. And I'm like, yeah, I'm submarine qualified, but I'm not dolphin boarding somebody on a platform that i've been on for five minutes i can barely find the hatch to leave i was like yeah. so i just told him no i was like no way i'll look like i will i will not be able to uh assess their knowledge on the level it needs to be because i don't have the level of knowledge yet like there's a lot of stuff i need to relearn it's so. just funny like at the and, I, and i'm sure there's other communities that are the same but like yeah. you know we don't how you shoot guns often enough to stay qualified and proficient right but it's not like we spend range time often you know i would say qualified i don't know if proficient is accurate (laughs) the number of times i've swapped out guns as a small arm supervisor at the locker like there's i can tell you most of those guys aren't proficient (laughs) (laughs) besides the torpedo men and like some of the guys that have like are just gun guys you know there's a bunch of guys that are just they're they're they've got a bunch of their own guns well that was so that was like you you could see like we are uh basically uncomfortable with guns on a submarine at least right and so we always laughed like dude who am i gonna shoot with this like if anybody comes on board with like in my head i'm thinking like the only people that really need a gun are like the guys topside because the people inside like i always laughed when they had when we would do drills of like it would be uh some security violation drill right and it always has to be an insider, right? Because yeah, I mean, we I kind of get it. Like, we I just laughed at like what, how, how futile those things were. Because we were like, yeah, dude, if anybody that's that pick like any second class with fish and above, and then tell him, here's a gun, and I want you to go sabotage this boat without yeah. getting caught. Like, I guarantee they'd all be able to do it. Yeah, and not get caught. Yeah, and well, and that what's funny is number one, if they wanted to sabotage some stuff, what do they need a gun for? Unless they also have a goal of hurting a bunch of people. But like, we did have a couple of in, like we had one incident before I checked in on my last boat where a guy on watch um, killed himself. But like, it wasn't like that's all he did. So it's like 
it, he didn't run around the boat shooting people. He could have, but like, because he was armed. Right. Um, but it was like one of those things where it's like, there's, I, it happens and it sucks that it happens. And it's, there's obviously mental health issues involved that hopefully we, I know, I mean, I know we've gotten better as an organization about addressing and catching early and all those things, but it's like, eventually all of our processes and everything it's like somebody's going to be able to fool us and we're going to gun them up and then they're going to go and watch and, and do something yeah um it's the it's the nature of the beast it's like it's it sucks but it's like when you hand somebody a firearm at some point the process is going to fail because it's it's executed by humans and um yeah but it then there was another one where uh a chief came and told he like the kid was he wasn't on watch, but he was uh, he basically said he was going to go take the watch standers weapon and, and like hurt himself or somebody else. And I'm like, why are you in here? Like, why didn't you call away a security violation? And like, <laughs> yeah. like, go get him. And I was like, go try to find him right now. Locate him. And if you can't call away a security violation. And so luckily yeah. they went and they found the kid and like got him to dock and whatever. But um, but yeah, I mean, I like jumped off the naga hide because i was in the quarters just like why are you standing here talking to me dummy like call away security violation um yeah but it was yeah i mean it's like i the way that the response would happen too it's just like yeah i mean if somebody decided to run around shooting people it's like we vetted all of those people to such an extent that it's like it's it's basically on us to internally monitor mental health and it's like well, i think we're getting better about that but it's like it, it's even even if we fail at some point along the way it's such a tiny tiny chance that it would ever happen that it's like i yeah and then it would the, the how much success would you even have and blah 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 but. we we had a, a funny one where it was you know standard running a drill and like the, the best part of any security violation drill is you're just begging to you're just trying to find the drill coordinator and like give them enough candy and bribe them, you know, enough cans of dip to where you get to be the perpetrator <laughs> yeah, for the next yeah, drill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the dream job. Yeah, that's and uh, so we had it was our combo one time. And so we're sitting in, sitting on watching radio and he comes in and, and closes the door and he's talking to us. And then he kind of looked over at us and we're like, oh, you coming to hide from the drill, giving him a hard time, right? I and am the drill. Like, pow, pow, yeah, pow. He <laughs> literally said, I am the drill. And then, <laughs> and so we're, and so of course we're laughing at him, right? And he's literally like, he's like, bang, bang, you're dead. Bang, bang, now you're dead. And we're like, oh, okay, whatever. And we're laughing about it. Like, <laughs> oh, you got me. Yeah. And then we go back to like scrolling through thinking nothing's going on, right? Yeah. And he purposely leaves the third guy that was standing around. He was just like off watch, just hanging out in radio. And purposely doesn't do anything to him and he kind of like looks at him waiting for something to happen and the dude's just like laughing about it and we're all just laughing like well, i don't get it and he <laughs> was like and he's like no like i don't i i he's tried to say something and then eventually like he picked up the the mic and he started making like wild reports to control and we're like dude what are you doing they're like Camo, stop and he was like he was like no i'm taking this place over or whatever and we're like dude, you need to calm down with that. Like the CEO <laughs> can hear that announcement, you know? 
and we're still sitting there like laughing about it like not and believing like, that it's happening yeah. that's funny he's like full drill mode he's like i can't hear you because you're dead and we're like yeah 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 whatever and then like he keeps going on about stuff and then eventually like they called away a drill yeah and we're looking around and we're like we're like combo you gotta say something they think that you're serious right now. They it's just called away security violations. Because I am, idiot. <laughs> it That's took funny. us like, after the general alarm, we're still sitting there and we're like, oh, you're the perpetrator. Now yeah. I get it. <laughs> but, like the That's whole time funny. before that, we're like, this guy's just screwing around with us. Like he's just bored, wild on the on watch, like, you know, losing his mind like everybody else. And he just kept going and we're like, what is this guy doing like he's mid drill like full ramping it up prank like growling different stations yelling random stuff into the <laughs> mic and we're like "Camo, stop we're gonna uh, get yelled at <laughs> that's hilarious yeah and i've i did a bunch of like drill initiation stuff so it was fun to watch like the rapid responder show up but i never got to do that like that would have been fun <laughs> we got yelled at once for a uh um <laughs> So back when you could smoke on the boat, right? Yeah. On boomers, you could smoke. It was the the aft end of the diesel yep. is where we used to smoke. So there was like the butt can there, and there's always a little squirt bottle next to it in case it kept yeah. smoldering or whatever, right? So we're down there smoking, and we see this guy come down there, and I know that he's the off-going chief of the watch, who is usually the red. They have to run their code reds. Yeah. Um. So he's standing down there. And he's at the back of the line, and he's got his red hat tucked into the back of his belt on his poopy suit. All right, I'm going to head out. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, as soon as he came down to get in line, everybody's like, and I'm done with my smoke, and, like, yeah. put it out and walk off. So you see him stand there. He puts on his red hat. As we're, like, walking out of the out of machinery one, he's, like, stringing up his flashy light or whatever it was. And we walked out, and you see guys coming down into the torpedo room to say, like, like they were going to smoke, right? Because all the smokers know each other. Yeah. And as soon as he's coming down, they're don't coming do down it. the ladder. We're like, nah, man, turn don't around go in there. <laughs> and they're looking at us like, what happened? And we're like, ah, oh, there's a red hat in there stringing up some lights. And they're like, oh, all right, I'll just wait this one out. Right. Because it's not us. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, you know, the rapid responders, you wait for them to do their thing and then you can go in there. Yeah. So like we're all there's probably like 10 or 15 of us that are just piled up hanging out in the torpedo room waiting for this to get called away, something to happen. And, uh, he comes down there and eventually you see him, this chief, he like pokes his head out into, in the torpedo room. He's like, what are you guys doing? And we're like, I don't know. Just like, we're all just hanging out. Like what's wrong. And he's like, why is nobody coming in here? And we're like, and one of the, we didn't say anything, but one of the guys like, cause you're trying to run a drill on us. Like, I don't <laughs> want to call. So then he stopped and he was like, that's it. And then he like grabbed his, his flashlight right that's like a red light and he starts flashing it over next to all of us and he's like that's on fire now instead <laughs> jokes on you nerd <laughs> yeah exactly that's funny and you see everybody like oh, okay dude Grabbing yeah they knew bees and <laughs> when i was off going uh i would come down and light the galley on fire all the time I was, it was hilarious because i just thought it was funny man <laughs> like i would come down <laughs> And I'd just come in and act natural and just, and I usually didn't even bring a red hat or I'd have it shoved inside my FRVs so they couldn't see it. Right. But I'd just come in and put a paper hat on and like start talking to them normally and then put the light on the fryer while they weren't looking and then just stand there until they noticed it. They'd be like, come on, man. Like of all the people, <laughs> like you should be the one that, and I'm like, nah. 
And anytime like they were routing drill packs, I would be like, you can definitely light the galley on fire. I have no like problems with that whatsoever. <laughs> a couple times I actually got shut down because um, I forget what we, we were doing something and they were like, do you really think that's a good idea? I'm like, I don't care. But they were like, no, we're going to actually care about the cooks for once in our life. And like, and like let them off the hook. And I'm like, you guys are pansies. Like you should just run the drill. But yeah, my, it was, well, I think it was my CO that was like, it's, probably because they wanted they wanted to you they didn't want to use you as as first responders they wanted to use you as the uh the what is it the the medical team uh well emad yeah but they wanted uh, emad that wasn't i i want to say they were it was like burger day and they just wanted lunch not to suck you know what i mean like (laughs) it was all self-interest like they 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 were very uh i got a lot of support on that platform because they were very about quality of life so it was just like anything because like I would just I was always real concerned about BSP times like I didn't want got us to be topside doing a transfer any longer than we needed to be. So the way I right. load the submarine out because I learned on Her Majesty's ship is like I don't <laughs> I don't bring anything that I don't need and I load out in a way that I am not going to run out of food. Like my endurance is like way beyond what it needs to be. Not like I'm I'm not overdoing it. I'm just planning really well. And I can adjust it so like I can go on a normal like a normal menu or I can adjust to stretch things out if I need to. So um, I just bring a lot of the essentials and we make good food out of it. But like they I got there and it's like a carnival cruise liner, man. They wanted like wings and hard pack all the time and mozzarella sticks and all this crazy stuff on pizza night. And I'm like, I don't do that because I don't have room for that type of stuff, because when the mission gets extended, I need as much as endurance as I can possibly have. And so it's like uh, on NBNs or schedules were like that, where it was just like they were all over the place. So I never really knew what I needed. I had an idea when we left. So on BSPs and stuff, I mean, I'd I'd get fresh and like milk and eggs and like the normal stuff. But they they got it got to a point where during an ops brief, they're like, we will. I don't care if we're up there for an hour. They're like, get that stuff on the BSVs. Like, and I'm like, are you serious? Like, they're like, yeah, the cob, you like, I don't care, man. Like, bring that stuff on board. I'm like, okay. So I'd be like getting a hundred cases of like freaking wings and mozzarella sticks and all this ridiculous stuff that I don't even need. And it was just silly, man. It was like I, I it was just a different world. They were very, very concerned about that type of stuff. And I'm just like, okay, you're the boss, man. If you you're telling me you want the stuff and you don't care that I'm keeping the small boat handling party and other people topside longer just to get wings and stuff, then we'll do it. Like you're the boss. Tell me what you want. I've I've seen like the most ridiculous. So we did a BSP once for a roll of tape. Um, (laughs) They added, they added a switch to it because it was kind of like, well, Hey, we're, we're doing it. But, but literally they stuck it on like a grocery bag tied to the end of a stick. We didn't even tie up to him. They just pulled up next to us. Was it like magic tape? Like, what was it? Were they going to fix yeah, the diesel it some, with it? No, I don't remember. There was uh, some special thing about this tape uh, that, okay. like, it had to be some specific kind of tape for the specific thing. Yeah. And we just didn't have it somehow. Yeah. Nobody could find it. So it turned into we had to do a BSP for it. So we were laughing. Like, I don't know. It was probably like a $60,000 roll of tape or whatever it costs yeah. to do a BSP. But, um, no, we had, uh, when you're talking about loading stuff, I always laugh at, I think like my first, uh, like it's, I don't know when it is, but I think everybody in the Navy at least has that triggering moment when you realize how to be shady, but like <laughs> not in a bad way necessarily. Right. 
Yeah. Like, uh, like just the standard, uh, Navy shady about certain things. So like, (laughs) please elaborate. (laughs) Right. So, so what I mean is like, so when we would load everything on our boat, we always loaded it through the Ford LET, right? Yeah. So everything landed two feet outside of radio before it went down to the galley or wherever else. Yeah. So my job, when I first showed up to the boat, I'm like the only non-qual in the division. So it's like your job is to stand there and look for the Pop Tarts box. I would and destroy so I'd stand your there. soul if you stole. Because <laughs> the thing about it is, like, I would always freak out on people when they would try to pull stuff like that. Because, like, look, if you guys want them that bad, I'll just order them for you, issue them, and then hand you a case of Pop Tarts. But then my inventory is not screwed up. Like, we would right. do the stupid foo foo creamers, like the, oh, the yeah, French yeah. vanilla and all that crap. And I French would just Chanel always went first. Yeah. And I would just I would order a whole bunch of cases of them and I would just tell the boat like I'd post a sign and I would tell the guys on the boat. I'm like, look, here they are. If they're not gone in two days, we're not bringing them underway because I don't have storage space for them. So here they are. Make them disappear. And they would. And then we would just charge them off over a period of time. But like it was like I, stuff like that. It's like if you want it, I'll order it. I'm not stowing it because it's stupid. But like if you guys want pop tarts to like snack on while you're not supposed to be eating pop tarts, I don't care. <laughs> That's not my problem to solve. I'll order them for you and issue them to you. Just don't steal my stuff. Well, so that was like that was the funny part. So like I'm literally standing there and I'd be like, dude, I, I pop tarts are coming down. I just saw the first case. <laughs> And so they're like, grab a box. And so I drag a box into radio. As soon as it hit the deck, I'd be like, oh, hold on. Let me yeah. carry this one. And I'd just walk around through control and go in the back door instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd sit down. We had our case of Pop-Tarts. Yeah. But like, I, and at first it was like, is this okay? Like, am I going to no, get in trouble? No, it's and not. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then you see like the line of like, there's me doing it. There's also like the sonar new guys yeah, doing the same yeah. thing. Like the everybody's grabbing their own boxes and by the time it gets down there there's like a box of pop tarts that makes it to the cooks but yeah and it's like if you're not if you're paying attention like i would know that like i would immediately like well, yeah just walking around the storeroom be like okay where's all my pop like because i do that just paranoid that i forgot to order something so i'd like walk around looking for it and like be looking at the shelves or like on the bn like looking at the mods and I'm like, where's this? And they'd either be able to show it to me or not. And then I'd find the receipt and it's there. And like on a BN, it's easy. Um, like there's days where we would like hand over hand frozen and chill, but nobody's stealing frozen. Yep. So it's like the <laughs> dry all came down in mods and I was I was there the whole time. So you weren't going to get any of that stuff. But um, but yeah, like the I mean, on a BSP, you'd be able to do it. But yeah, the on a fast boat, like on like when you're loading everything hand over hand. Yeah, you could totally get away with it. And it's just like, yeah. I would, I would, I would know, I would notice, but I, a lot of guys like aren't, they're just like, they know it showed up because they receipt inspected it all when it was on pallets. So they saw that it showed up and recircled it on the receipt and signed it and whatever. So they, after mm. that, it's on the submarine in their mind. So they don't need to, uh, go in the storeroom and make sure it's still, it's actually where it's supposed to be instead of well, in radio. But it was funny. So like our cook was like he knew our CSC knew that everybody. I mean, everybody CSC knows that uh, people yeah. are taking stuff well, like yeah. that. Right. Yeah. But uh, but I think the difference was like nobody ever really complained that we ran out of stuff. Like nobody was out there like, dude, yeah. where's all the pop tarts? Because yeah. they would say something That's and he'd true. be like, dude, I don't know. Go talk to radio. Go talk to sonar. Go talk to the yeah. FTs. Like, yeah. 
you guys all have your own pop tarts don't yeah. take mine take your own pop tarts yeah so like i think in his mind he just kind of he probably ordered extra with the assu- knowing the yeah. assumption that some did. were gonna get taken he probably did that's funny <laughs> but yeah i we, mean I, that's basically what i did i just got ahead of the problem it was like take this stuff and stow it in your space but see even that's funny though like like i say like when we you t- when i talk about like being shady like that's what i mean like with yeah, the yeah, shady yeah. side of it i don't mean like real no i know like there's <laughs> there's definitely a line to cross right where right. it's like no longer okay to be that kind of shady but but it's funny because even the way you talk about ordering it like that and, and spacing it out or whatever like even you were being shady by doing it that way like i'm sure by the book it's not okay to just be like yeah radio just gets their own box of pop tarts i mean it is if i if i expend it correctly it is like it's a it, people know that that's kind of stuff happens it's called force issuing where like i mean anything because it's like you can in, you can only inventory control so many things like where you're like mm-hmm. micromanaging it by the unit where like when the chill box it's like the cooks are gonna go in there and grab lettuce and make a salad bar and you, it's like you're not going to weigh the lettuce out on a scale and issue one pound of lettuce. <laughs> yeah. Like nobody's got time for that. So it's like over time you just issue like three pounds of lettuce at a time each day until it's gone off the books. And then the guys just use up the lettuce or if like it goes bad, I expend it another way where it's like you guys didn't yeah. eat it. We just discarded it. But no, it's, it's a function that I'm allowed to do. And a lot of people do it where they, uh, they issue it out to people in bulk. Cause it's like, if there's something I can get in my catalog that you guys will use that like, there were times where there's like a coffee mess in another work center and they're like, we don't like uh, Starbucks coffee. We want Seattle's best or we want some other one. And I'm like, okay, I'll order you this many cases and you guys are stowing it. And it's like, that's totally fine. And I'm right. going to issue it. I'm going to account for it all. Like I'm not going to like lose accountability on it. So th- there's nothing wrong with doing that. I just knew that we were hurting when all we had was the green, the Irish cream. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how you know you got point. a creamer. That's, yeah, that's the point in the patrol where you're like, oh, it's been a long patrol, man. All yeah. we got's green. All we got's Irish cream. Yeah, they uh, like, they would. Whenever somebody would offer, like when when you would go like, hey, I'm gonna go get coffee. Does anybody else want anything? Right, you become like the most insane barista because everybody's like, I want two pinks. Yeah, I want three blues. <laughs> yeah, and people are always like, I want four vanilla creamers, and you're like, that's absurd, dude. I'm not yeah, giving I'm you not four. You, you can have, have like two max <laughs> like so we ridiculous. don't have we don't have four vanilla creamers per coffee cup well, level what, of what vanilla. i didn't understand on bns is you have so much storage space on that thing that like why don't you just bring your own stuff like i don't i had a buddy in the in the quarters which we have a more storage space even than junior listen but they, they have an absurd amount of storage space and mm-hmm. it's like they he had like five or six different coffee mate flavors in like the big containers and he would just have one out all the time that he'd be using and it was like cookies and cream and like all these <laughs> crazy flavors and i'm just like why yeah why doesn't everybody do that then i don't gotta order all this crap because it's like i'll get i can only get that one type you know the liquid creamer and then powdered stuff and that's it so that's yeah hilarious, no man. we didn't we didn't have well we don't have a fridge which is part of that. Yeah, so if the Chiefs quarters on a boomer did, like at least ours did. We had one in Birthing on the like the Cobb side. They had one. Yeah, yeah. Where that like behind that um, where the I don't know I don't every every quarters is configured differently, but basically like where the back table is by the head, there was like a mm-hmm. a built in like shelving thing or like a cabinet yep. or whatever. And mm-hmm. like right behind that in, in birthing, like there was like a same thing and there was like a mini fridge and a microwave in there. 
I don't know. I, no, again, like, I, I don't know if every boat has that. They probably don't. Anything we brought was like it. It had to be something that didn't need to be refrigerated. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that kind of limited what we could that's, take with that's us. That's fair, but, but I think I feel like there's a lot of creamers that don't have to be. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, but like if I'm looking at it, like, do I want to spend 150 bucks True. on a bunch of creamer, or True. the cooks are going to bring all this creamer, and I just got to procure they? a box? <laughs> are they going to bring that much? Because like, yeah, that's how <laughs> I was. I'd order 30 or 40 cases and set them out, and be like, when it's gone, it's gone. I'm not bringing any more. So figure it out. You guys can deathmatch in, in the machinery room because I don't have any. But I'm not a boomer. Yeah. I stored it all, but uh, but yeah, it wasn't. I don't. I don't know. Like it was one of those things where it's like it was like sodas, soda bibs, like the bag and box. <laughs> yeah. soda. I I brought some, but like if I ran out, I didn't care at all. Like I planned for it to last the entire deployment, but it's like if I ran out, it's like yeah. I mean, if we get a BSB, I'll order some. But like I got coffee, mate, the little powdered things, or you can use milk. Like figure it out. I don't care. That was but, the funniest thing. Like, that's probably the one of the biggest things that the difference between like fast boat guys and yeah. boomer guys, like yeah. that we constantly get made fun of as boomer yep. guys is like, dude, you guys had a soda machine. Yeah, dude. It and was like it. And, yeah, it's, and it was amazing. You don't understand the pain involved in that stupid soda machine, because like if I could throw <laughs> that thing overboard, I get like two mods worth of space that I can store all kinds of other stuff in, which gets pretty much every scrap of food inside of the storeroom and not in anybody's space. And then like probably could bring a bunch of other cool stuff, but it's just like, no, I got to fill it up with freaking Mountain Dew and Pepsi and all this other BS. And then a bunch of CO twos are stored somewhere. These giant canisters of compressed gas. It's like, (laughs) really? We're going to bring a missile hazard down here just so you can drink fizzy, fizzy, sugary water. Like this doesn't make any sense to me. And I was trying to convince them worse. Nothing was worse than when I was uh, cranking or FSAing or whatever, right? Yeah. That uh, somebody would like, it was like a like an emergency. Like you're in the middle of doing dishes and they come in and be like, hey man, the the, the Dr. Pepper's out. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. like, okay, I'll get to it, you know? Yeah. But it's like, I'm doing there's, dishes, it's the middle of the meal hour and they're looking some, at you like, no, like, dude, There's some the ambivar out there hour. like giving you the death stare holding his plate like, I can't eat my mac and cheese and chicken nuggies without Dr. Pepper. Like, you better go get that Dr. Pepper right now. This is a travesty. Like, Somebody give me a comment card. Like, <laughs> but the worst is when oh, you would go to God. get it and you'd find out that like one of the bags in the box like, like popped or, or got cut. Yeah. yeah. And you're just in there, like, trying to wipe up, like, Dr. Pepper syrup <laughs> yeah. off of every surface. And you're like, this is impossible. Yeah. It's literally concentrated. It's everywhere, yeah. If I add water to it to wipe it up, it just becomes more. <laughs> this, is, this is terrible. It's Yeah, it's a mess. And that, sh- that stuff it would usually leak down to the torpedo room, too, and they'd get all angry. And, yeah. <laughs> so funny, man. Oh, my God. Those, those are all the dumb things that I miss about the boat. But I'm also, yeah. like... Then, it, then I start hearing like things like remembering real things about the boat. I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, I'm like in this weird place because everybody keeps asking me what's next, what's next. And I'm like, dude, I don't know, for one, like because of the medical stuff. Like I've heard recently I've heard some encouraging things um, like I my UMO told me like 
I'll probably never go to see again. And then my doc's like, yeah, you got to submit paperwork to some board and it can take up to a year, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my prognosis is like as good as it can get for cancer. So it's like, I don't. Right. I mean, I, there are guys I know that came off the boat, dealt with it and went back and like, but I only know a handful yeah. and I don't know their case or whatever, like how it was different or right, how it was right. similar. And then the, one of the local CMCs apparently, uh, was i think he was either it was right before he was a cob or he was a cob and then it happened and he like got treatment and then went back as a cob and finished and now he's a cmc and i was just like really so like i'm probably gonna give that dude a call soon and just be like hey what was your situation and like how did you get back because like i kind of like i think about it and it's like i kind like i kind of do want to finish like i want to like I'll get to twenty, but I mean like finish where where I saw my career art going, which was like I, I wanted to be a right. cop. And then mate CMC's not as big of a priority for me, because to me, being a cop is being a CMC. Like but uh um, yeah, yeah. it's like I being a CMC would be cool, but I don't like I'm not it's not as it's not like as big of a deal as like finishing up as a cop and getting that second star, like those were some goals that I had in mind that not just to like have it in my shadow box, but because doing the job would be like a big validation thing for me to like, cause I've always had that like <laughs> underdog syndrome or imposter syndrome and with being a cook where it was yeah, just yeah. like standing dive three section and being pretty good at it helped a lot. Like it validated a lot of the things I thought in my brain and that, you know, certain mentors told me like that I was capable of, but up to that point, I had just been a really good cook chief, you know, or like a pretty, like a really good chief of the watch, but right, um, right. to be able to stand dive and do a lot of the cob things that I did as like filling in or whatever for the cob I had, it was like, that was validating, but it like, I still feel like I have to do it to, to feel complete when I call it a day. So I don't know. I'll, like I'm, I'm, it's encouraging that there's apparently people out there that have gone through that. Um, but I, I gotta have I these mean, conversations and I, I'm sure every there, case is different and stuff. So there's always the old adage that, you know, like when there's a will, there's a waiver. True. And but, that's probably what happened is they kind of knew he was that type of a guy. And as long as the doctors were giving him the prognosis that they were, which must've been pretty good that I mean, they were willing to go to go to bat for him which my cmc is like the one of the he's i mean he's like the highest like echelon cmc in the in the area and like i know right, right. i know he'd go to war for me so it's like and he really wants me to go back as a cop so it's like i i don't i wouldn't have any issue getting support but i'm just like i don't know uh if the docs are gonna sign off on it that's what i'm really worried well so about. that's a that's a funny thing too. Like uh, I still stand by like, there's a few adages that I have in life, but like one of them is it's all who, you know, yeah. right. Uh, the other one is with, with the Navy, like, uh, is specifically to the Navy and quals is quals are, are like, people are where they are out of necessity more than they are out of like, because they not deserve it. But like, I don't know if the, if the chief, of the watchman bill, is really hurting yeah for, for one reason some dude is magically gonna get qualified yeah, real but quick that's, i would say like so i would say 
for the first one, it's all in who you know. I would say sometimes because like as far as my career has gone, like I've never been the guy that has like networked and, and like glad handed my way to certain things like I have. No. I have like I have known some of the right people. That's for sure. Like that's happened. And I have only like recently gotten OK at leveraging some of those relationships no just leveraging some of those relationships to like get something done for someone or help somebody out but i've gotten a lot better with the networking side of of being a chief which i just was never concerned with and never good at i just did my job really well and took care of my guys and that was it and i just happened to be in a spot where like i was introduced to the the people that ended up being in the positions that mattered you know what i mean like i accidentally I only knew, and it was by accident, like I, or just by like happenstance, I only knew the people that ended up being like the heavy hitter force level master chiefs in my career field. And it's just like, those are the guys that sit the board. So I'm just like, I didn't do that on purpose. It's just like, those are the guys that like, they came down and did an inspection on my ship and were impressed by me. And it's cause all I was concerned about was working really hard and taking care of my guys. And so it's like, is that networking or is that me just being concerned and, about my guys and being a good leader like i don't know right. like both i guess but well, then yeah, the that's other the one... hard part like i definitely know like there's plenty of people that i know just because i don't know you stick the longer you stick around the smaller the navy gets yeah. right so like you're bound to just know people um but i i have a i have a really hard time just being like hey i'm friends with that guy i know you're also friends with that guy yeah how about we make this a little bit easier on ourselves or whatever like I yeah can't, that's not me i can't do that yeah but but i can i'll definitely like if it comes up natural or i don't know somehow it comes I up mean, with like people we know that yeah. I'll, bring, I'll mention it but i'm not gonna i'll cold I've, call I've a chief been... about anything though too so i think that's that's yeah. a thing i've gotten better about is just like hey man like this is my situation can you help like I, i'm trying to take care of this guy but that's what it always is it's not like like, hey, what can we do about hooking this guy up with these orders or whatever? It's like, exactly, nah, man, like, exactly. that's not how the world works. Nobody ever hooked me up with orders. Like, this just is what it is. I got detailed wherever I got detailed and made lemonade. So, right. But the, but, but yeah. like, so I just, the only reason I say that is like, if you have the right people on your side and, uh, if you, if they need cobs that bad or like, yeah, whether or not they, they actually need them, but there's like, you, you were that person that this guy's trying to push to go be a cop, to go fill a spot. Right. Like the right things can get said to the right people where like, uh, on a lot of those medical evals, like the people looking at your paperwork, they're just looking at eval. They're looking at like letters of recommendations from the UMO. They're looking at all this paperwork, right? Like they're not looking at you. Yeah. So if, if you talk, if the, you talk to the right person or the right person talks to them for you or whatever the case is and they go, Hey, we really want this guy. Yeah. To get cleared. And that's what's funny about it is like the UMO is on the same staff as me and the, the senior chief corpsman that it like works for him is my biggest advocate like that. So it's like I it's one of those again, like like you said, like it's all in who, you know, like maybe like because I'm definitely if I, if it's something that I, I make up my mind and I'm like, yeah, I want to fight to go back as a cop. Like he's gonna go to war to get me there, you know what I mean? And it's like, would he do All that for do is everyone? Right? Yeah. Like, would he do that for everyone? I don't know. Probably not. Well, like, he would so do his th- job, but would he do the extra stuff? 
I don't know. So I will say that there's so like anybody that's mad about that because I know there's plenty of people that are like, yeah, listen, I do my sure. job really well, yeah. but I'm not like the smiles and handshakes guy, but I'm really good at my job and I keep getting passed over whatever. Like I will say that a hundred, at least in my experience, obviously that's all I have. Right. A hundred percent. That person who's good at doing their job gets noticed. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like it may not show in the way that you think, but like we've had plenty of people, um, where I'm at now where like you have this instructor and you're like, you'll see somebody like fighting for them at a ranking board or whatever. And you're like, really? Like, that's the guy that you want to keep. Like, I wouldn't have thought that. Like, I'm not even entirely sure who he is or why not this person or whatever the case is. Right. It's like, no, this is the guy. Like if you look on paper, like he's the one that's qualified x y and z he's the one that's doing this he's the one that's doing this like this is who i want and you're just kind of like oh that's not what i would have expected at all but yeah the fact that like you're fighting that hard goes a long way right and then like it usually like piques your interest and so like generally when i see that i start going out of my way to pay attention to that guy or girl right and i'm just like trying to figure out why he was doing that like really like i don't he's quiet and i don't really ever see but it's because he's always in the work center doing maintenance and like doing all those things and like on watch taking people's watch doing all those extra things and it's just like oh i get it now you know like yeah i don't see him because he's always in the dungeon like doing the work you know and so it's like so i i definitely don't want people to get like think it's misconstrued as like they're you should focus on just networking or whatever the case is. Like they're just being good at your job. Like you, it may not be the flashiest way, but it definitely does get noticed. It, yeah. In my experience, it 100% gets noticed more than the flashy side of things. But I'm also, again, I'm dealing with like where everybody's undermanned. We're going through the, the Rona nonsense yeah. where there's not enough people to do anything. And we're, everybody is spread so thin that like literally what you're qualified matters so much because I I need a person that can do these two things. And you're like, well, I've got two, you can have (laughs) this guy. And they're looking at you like, what? I don't, I don't even know who that is. And you're like, trust me, he's great. He'll be awesome for what you want. And you're like, what are you talking about? I don't even know who this dude is. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, no, I'm telling you, man. And then, you know, you get a phone call a couple of weeks later, like, actually this guy's pretty awesome. Thanks. Yeah. 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 Yep. I've always so like been it does weird. Get noticed. Yeah, I've always been weird about like the underdog types too, where like we've had the, the kids that like are all heart and are like just killing themselves trying to do the right thing. And like had a few of those that like could not figure out how to be good at their jobs. Like they had trouble with qualifying the watch stations they were supposed to qualify in their career field. But it's like if you could cross rate that kid, I would take him in a heartbeat. You know what I mean? Because like. Yeah. He just loves being here. He loves doing the work. He loves being a sailor. And it's like, man, like, like, give him to me. And because like they a lot of times they when they couldn't get qualified, they would uh, they'd send him to me to FSA. And I was just like, OK, like, can I just adopt this kid and keep him forever? Because like he's yeah. so awesome. And it was like he was so valuable to us and like helping us out and everything during food loads, during the meals or whatever. Um, and it's like, I'd have to tell him to leave cause he just worked so hard and wanted to be there. But then the division didn't want him around. And it was just like, man, like I, there, I wish I could just push a button and like, bring him the over to my team. With that is 
is like FS saying past a certain point has like negative connotations yeah. to it. Yeah, for sure. Which is funny. We had like a, a big SMI coming up and there was me. I was a qualified second and an A ganger who he made it the cycle after me, but he was a qualified third. We sh- we literally checked in the same day. So we were we basically the same everything, right? And they had him smashing trash and me doing dishes. And it's like, dude, I did. I've already done two full patrols down here. Like I'm looking at <laughs> six plus months that That's I've nuts. already got logged. And yeah. you want me to come back for a month for this inspection. It's a long damn And time. it's like, yeah. And it was well, like, it was, you yep, were probably you getting it. asked for by name. Cause I did that. I like <laughs> during yeah. SMI, I'm like, just give them to me for two weeks, man. That's all I want. Like, cause going into the inspection, it's like, I can't, I can't worry about that stuff because the inspector, and I know that cause I am one, like they look for the weakest link. So like I'm paying real close attention to what those FSAs are doing all the time. And they think that they're invisible. So they just start doing dumb stuff all the time. And it's like, yeah. no, really like they're looking and I'm definitely watching them all the time. And uh, well, so was, I would go out of my way to ask for like the aces, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I get it right. Like everybody's trying to stack their yeah. everything. Yep. And so I got pulled down there cause I was, I was a qualified second, but I was like the junior radio man in the room because everybody else was just more senior to me. Um, so it was like, yeah, we can lose him. And I was good down on the decks. So they sent me down there and I was yeah. and just doing dishes. But it's also like such a night and day different experience between like doing dishes as a qualified second yeah. as opposed to like, <laughs> you're like, this is awesome. <laughs> like I'll stay down here forever. Like it's, yeah, yeah it's such a good and, deal. And the whole and time. Like, yeah. When they're a non-qual, it's like, they're like, my life sucks. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is so hard. And then, like, two years later, they're begging me to come back. I mean, don't get me wrong. It did suck, and it was hard. But, like, but while I'm down there, and it's like, this isn't so bad at all. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) My day is shorter. I just got to do whatever basic thing, and then I'm done. No nothing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, uh. And so we'd be down there cranking, like me and him were having a grand old time. <laughs> and uh, yeah. he's just smashing trash. He's just an A-ganger doing what he loves to do. Yep. And <laughs> and I'm just standing there doing dishes, listening to he- listen to music or audio book or something on headphones. Yeah. And I'm just having same thing, like no issues, nothing stressing me out. Yep. But I just remembered so many people kept coming up to me like, dude, what did you do? Why are you guys down yeah, here? Yeah, like you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was like nothing, man. I'm just down here. And it's like. But that's because that's also where you would send like that second class who did yeah, go to master did get in trouble. You'd send yeah, them to the desk. for sure. And that <laughs> happened. And those were us- honestly usually some of my best FSAs anyway. But because um, we didn't treat them like they were lepers, which a lot of people did when they were in trouble. But right, then right. the guys that uh, we had during the end of uh, deployments, we they would send us senior nukes a lot of the time because they would want the new guys to get some like experience standing the watch right so they'd be like here here's a couple of fully qualified second class nukes go nuts and they were the best fsas in the world man (laughs) because they were like just so happy because like especially um now that we do the eight hour watch rotation i had an awesome cob that would uh give me enough sailors to do like two fsa we would do a two two fsas on each eight hour rotation but you would overlap on one of the meals so that I'd have four yep. just during that like hour and a half for like cleanup yeah. and the meal. So it'd be like a nine and a half hour day. But like with post watch training and all the other crap, it's like you're it's about the same as everybody else. 
So right. they would uh, come down and it's like they only have to do eight, like nine and a half hours and then bounce and they're fully qualified. So there's no calls. There's no maintenance. There's no like cleanup is just the mess decks. So it's like you bet that got done real quick and they were doing a good job. So it's like if they get it done fast, whatever. And so, yeah, well, they were just, just that, like, super happy while you're down there, though, like. It seems small, and I don't know, maybe this it'll never happen because it's heresy, right? But, like, just being able, like, he would always talk about how clean the actual mess decks were compared to everything else. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, dude, because the meal hour ended, everybody left, right? And we'd, of course, grab, like, a plate full of whatever scraps that were good that we wanted from that meal, like... Oh, there's extra like chicken wheels or uh, something, dude, my right? Guys, my guys eat before the meal, man. <laughs> you get the free, you get first dibs, yeah. We did, but then when there's like leftover chicken well, wheels, yeah, you I'm just not gonna let those go yeah, to waste. <laughs> I got a funny so, story yeah. about a missile tech smuggling a Ziploc bag full of nuggets to camp, but <laughs> we'll talk about that <laughs> later. Uh, so like, but but also while I'm down there, like usually they would put on a movie, yeah, and so you're out there like it's like yeah, I throw some chairs on the tables and i start mopping or whatever yeah. and it's like but i'm just watching a movie the whole time yeah. like this is so much <laughs> like i'll make sure it's super clean because i'm right. just hanging out finishing out this movie that we started earlier yeah and like but of course like all the non-quals there's always that like you can't be watching the tv and blah 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 so like they're probably miserable but we would yeah. always be like hey man you guys can go finish dishes because you can't see the tv anyways we'll go clean up out here yeah. And we do it all super thorough, but that's just because we were just hit, like, it, even if I had to spend 12 hours down there, the 12 hours were like more enjoyable. There's like tons yeah. of people to talk to. You're watching a movie, you're listening to music, you're doing whatever. Like it wasn't nearly as bad as it was like, not that it was bad standing watching radio at all, but it's like, I can't sit there and watch a movie on watch or whatever the case is, you know? So yeah, it <laughs> was, it was a different kind of time spent but yeah. so it really wasn't that bad but yeah we had a grand old time and like when we were done you know i don't remember what this grading on it was or whatever but um as soon as we were done they sent us away and it was uh i remember laughing because it was they had basically said like listen man as soon as like literally smi is getting off on a bsp by the time this thing dives you will no longer be an fsa you're going back <laughs> yeah and we're like okay cool so we're down there. The CSC has us all piled up into cruise mess and we're all wearing our like the 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 shirts from the command, right? Because yeah. you're FSAing and like um there's I don't remember what like say six of us standing down there and only like five people showed up. And it was like, hey, these are your reliefs, you go train this guy, that's your relief, you go train this guy. And there was we're looking around doing the math, and I'm like, You're short a guy. Yeah. And he was like, Yeah. So here's the awkward part. <laughs> like you're everybody staying. else is getting relieved, but you're sticking around for two more weeks. Uh, and it's like, oh. But uh, like, he, he did make my life super easy. It was yeah. basically like, literally, I need you to do dishes during the meal. And after that, I literally don't care what you do. Right. Like, I know you're getting screwed. And it was <laughs> fine. Cool. And, and, and I, I rolled with it fine. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I did more than that. But, um, right. but it was still like... Because, again, it's not like it was the hardest thing in the world, but it was one of those, like, come on, man, you got to tell me about that. And he's like, well, <laughs> I just didn't want you Felt to be bad, upset. Yeah. And I was, <laughs> was kind of hoping that, like, something magical, like another body would fall out of the sky somehow right. at the last minute. But it never did. So yeah. he's like, yeah, it's going to be, like, two more weeks for you. That sucks. And 
but yeah, when I, I remember when the guy came in, I was like, Hey man, have you ever, have you done this before? And it was like, yeah, 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 I did like a month before. And I'm like, cool. So you know how to do the dishes, you know how to use sanitizer. And it's like, yep. And I'm like, all right, man, here's my shirt. I'm out. <laughs> I just left. That's funny. It was like the most I had it. You got it. Yeah. High five turnover. <laughs> I mean, if they know what they're doing, it's generally not that bad, but yeah dude but it's also like you're doing dishes just yeah, wash dishes dude you're fine well you'd be surprised how hard that is for some people like you gotta go in there and actually show them how to do it a lot of the times because you'll get a bunch of like dirty forks and greasy cups if you don't but yeah man. um i'm trying to think like i was gonna talk to you about something else but i can't remember what the fuck it was uh oh i think it was um the upcoming episodes and stuff so like so like we did I'm trying because I have a hard time, like, because I'm so ahead now, like, keeping track of what's released and what's not. Because, <laughs> like, I'll have just yeah. recorded it, and I, like, I'm so used to um, being like hand to mouth almost, like, where I'm just like releasing it right. really that I have to remember. Like, I'll be talking to people when I'm recording, and I'll like reference something. I'm like, oh, you haven't heard that yet if you listen to them because I haven't released it yet. But, um, but yeah, I did. I'm, That's that Cole CMC one is going to be sick, and I'm excited for everybody to hear the one with Jason. Yeah, the one we did with that BMC from Saving Sailors that I linked up with. And I, my hard part with the with those when you reference like, mm-hmm. have you done these or what? So since now, some of the ones that have been released are ones that I've edited. Yeah. Um. So I've already heard it like three times over <laughs> going through trying to yeah. trying to edit it. Yeah. So it's like before it was as soon as it would come out, I'd still listen to them all, right, obviously. Right. But now, like as soon as I see it come up, I'm like, nope. And I just swipe <laughs> it, delete it. And I move to the next one. Like I've already heard it. Wait, yeah. I, I actually, like to be honest, times. I listen. I listened to like the first minute and a half to make sure that it doesn't sound like yeah. the mixing that I did didn't come out wild on the on the other end somehow. Yeah. And, then, and <laughs> but as soon as I hear that it sounds fine, I just stop it, delete it, yeah. move on to the next one. I'm kind of the same way. Like I'll occasionally listen to one just to QA myself and just like list, make sure it's the audio quality is good in the car and like that I didn't miss anything, right? Or, like that I don't sound terrible um, or whatever. But like it's like once in a while, like every couple of months, I'll play one. But because I've already listened to it so many times, generally that like, and I'm, yeah. I am getting to the place where, and I do have to still listen to them to make sure I didn't screw it up, but doing the timestamps and stuff. So I don't have to spend three hours editing, but, but yeah, I, uh, I definitely like, I've got a ton queued up and I'm looking at, I have like this giant list now too, where I'm going to talk to my buddy that, that senior chief I was telling you about, about how his, he keeps changing rates and he was an EDMC oh, and now yeah, he's yeah. an AE. And then uh, I want to do another goats after dark, but I want to do it with probably a different group. Uh, like maybe me, you and um, the EOD chief that I did that one with is on board. Yeah, yeah. He wants to do one and then maybe see if Jason wants to do one. Um, but like to just to get a, a di- or get like Paul, like get a different like audience yeah. to, to do that. And then, uh, yeah, just well, a big long. If list, it's man. overcrowded, don't feel bad bumping me either. Uh, well, yeah, I just feel like you're one of the ones that I normally keep around anyway, because I'm trying to get you on more of these anyway. I got a chaplain that I mean, I'm trying to talk to you too. He said he's going to listen to some episodes and then he'll let me know. Um, we've got. I mean, I feel like I say that about every chaps that I've ever talked to, but I'm like that. That's like a good personable dude. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. Lo- but then I realized that when your entire job is to be like approachable <laughs> and easy to talk yeah. to, like, of course they're all good and well, easy this, to talk this to. This guy and- was, uh, he was, he's got an interesting career path. So he was a JO on my first boat. Uh, he was a submarine officer. And so he did his whole first JO tour. I think he did a shore duty and then he got out and went to seminary or whatever. And then he was a, I think he was just like a pastor at church for a while. And then he just missed mm-hmm. being in the Navy. So he came back in as a chaplain. So interesting. Yeah, it's pretty, it was pretty awesome. We, he's a, he's a really good dude. He's one of the two JOs that, uh, I think I've talked about in the past where like if, if him and another guy hadn't dragged me kicking and screaming through finishing my dolphin card, like, I don't know if I would have ever gotten qualified just cause I got really bitter and angry about like my leadership would kept like, I couldn't do anything right. Like I was the best cook on board and they were yelling at me cause I wasn't a good enough CS and well, MS at the time. And then, um, I, I was, hot running on quals and was getting yelled at because i was spending too much time doing quals and needed to be in the galley more and so i just like eventually i just like quit i just i was a hot runner by like nine weeks and i just stopped on deployment i just quit working on it and then i went i feel like that's i feel like most not most i feel like a lot of people have that same cyclical like you start off you're doing great and then like just you're gonna get bitter because you're just the low man on the totem pole yeah something something that you're just kind of like ah this is stupid i didn't join the navy to smash trash and do dishes and you know like everybody's you're gonna go through some spurt where you're like this is dumb i don't even want to do this i'm just gonna ride out my time like what are they gonna do yell at me yeah my my gripe was all with my leadership like i it was like it didn't matter what i did i he was just making up reasons to crush my soul so it was like and it was just like <laughs> type of dude he was like he was a bitter angry guy it is what it is um and so it was like yeah i, I couldn't be a good enough cook and then like i thought i was do i thought i was doing great in the galley so did the crew but then i was a hot runner on quals and then i asked him to go do quals and he freaked out on me and said i didn't join the navy to get my fish i joined to be a galley wash captain or whatever and i was just like really and then I like I couldn't do any. And then when I went dink, I like stopped working on my quals. Then I went dink, and he freaked out on me for going dink. And I was just finally just like, whatever, I don't care. Like, and then these guys ended up like I I kept getting like in trouble for being dink because I like I wouldn't check. I'd check in a dink study and go to the rack. Like I was that guy. And then, <laughs> uh, and no one seemed to care on deployment. But then when we got home, everybody was losing their mind. So these jos hey, you- started dragging me through my walkthroughs and stuff, and he was one of them. Do you guys still do dink study on the waterfront out there? So, yeah, they call it different things. They now. call it something else, like, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it's some, some form of it generally. Like it's, I've seen it pretty much on every boat that there's still a delinquent so that, list or like one boat. Uh, it was like shipmates that need our help, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, we had, uh, so that was an interesting thing that from talking to people in the waterfront out here, uh basically nobody does it really um what do they what because, do they do uh it depends on the command from what i've heard but but it was one of those like it somebody somewhere they were kind of like why are we making you know when i was on the boat it was 18 to 20 yeah is when you had to be there and then on saturdays it was like earlier in the day like noon to two or something 12 to 14 yeah and then that was and then sundays you didn't have to go in right but and then if you'd been on the dink study list for a certain amount of time then it turned into like you had to have somebody from your division yeah 
like basically your, your LPO, your chief or whatever. Yeah. 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 Somebody else had to be there also. And it just kept going. And so I think they just realized, at least out here from what I've heard, um, is most of them were just kind of like, it's just, it doesn't, it's not solving anything. Right. All it's doing is making everybody more mad. Yeah. You're now inconveniencing more people because the idea was, I think somehow it was kind of construed as hazing by having somebody show up extra time like that. Yeah. So then they said every time, even if it was like day one, you had to have your either your LP or your chief had to be there. Yeah. That's and of stupid. course, nobody wants to do that. <laughs> so dumb. And so so I'm sure as soon as they got inconvenienced, they immediately said like, nah, we're going to rethink yeah. this and not do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it's just turned into basically like nobody does it. And I don't know exactly what the workaround is for everybody okay. or like how they... But I also can't argue with the fact that, like, I'm not saying that Dink study two hours a night or whatever it was in the evenings. I'm not saying that some guy was catching up while he was there because he was there. Yeah. At most, he was catching up because he didn't want to have to go to that. Yeah, but that and never they were doing it all during the day. Never phased like, me. That, like I would, I'd seriously just like showed up and went to sleep, like, or like I stayed and went. To, like I'd go up to the barge when we were in the shipyard, and I'd get, I'd jump in the rack and like read a book or like sleep and yeah. then i'd leave and no one asked me like what i worked on nobody was monitoring me so like and i right. didn't care because i was mad and it was like what's the point i'm just gonna get yelled at anyway so um yeah i never thought it was productive and i i definitely would approach it differently in in the position like of of being a cob and having control over that where it's just like I, yeah i would look at it like the the guy that i saw where it was like they need people that need help you know that need extra attention and they did it like it was more like a some senior and we did this on my last boat too underway but there was still a delinquent list and they still tracked delinquent personnel and made them check, yeah check yeah yeah or whatever but they would do these things like i think it was once a week where they called it like a qual mardi gras or whatever where they would get everybody to up, like, get all the senior school of the boat kind of but it they would do school of the boat for 30 minutes and then they would immediately following that all the offgoing supervisors and like qualified fully qualified people would like come hang out on the mess decks and it was just an opportunity to talk to them and like get help right. learning and it was just understood you just built the premise of they need some help so like what do you need help with like what do you need me talking through blah 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 yeah and um i think it I think that works better. They did it too in the in the OCAB, like when we were up in the office, they would have like a well, this was our engineering guys that did this, but it was they had an instructor on duty because the nukes didn't stand any duty in port. Um right. so they would just uh have one guy stay late like every day of the week. And it was they had so many that it was just like it was twice a month. Um but it gave all those guys on Dink Study a person to get checkouts from essentially. I don't know how successful it was. Cause a lot of those guys were mad that they had to be there. Um, oh, like, course. why don't you just get qualified? But yeah, I think it approaching it from the perspective of like, they just need help. Um, and like, they're just people struggling with the material. It's not necessarily that they're lazy or they're not trying. Um, and maybe some of it so, is that they're lazy and you need to push them, but whatever, like you approach it more from that, that angle. I think it'd be a lot more productive. Yeah, I mean, I think from what I've seen or what I've heard from talking to people out here is it's less it's less about the approach and it's more about the fact that like the system that existed wasn't well, it didn't working. work. Yeah. It wasn't doing anything. Right. So why are we why are we doing it? Right. And and again, I'm sure like they've all replaced it 
excuse me i'm sure they've all replaced it with something that's theoretically more effective yeah and i don't know that that has been standardized okay i'd be interested to learn like what they replaced it with too because it's like i feel like it each sailor's kind of case by case even though they're going to be similar and it's like instead of like punishing them for not being done it's like okay why aren't they done like what's the problem are they struggling with the material are they just lazy are they like do they just not have a work ethic that 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 hasn't been because it's all like it's pretty much all going to be a fixable thing like is there some other thing that's distracting them like they got a family issue or some other personal thing right right i mean like i feel like everything it's like you got to ask those questions first and so it's the same it's the same logic as looking at a process that doesn't work and going well this doesn't work so why are we doing it and then evaluating like okay what can we do to actually fix this well start asking the questions of like why are you delinquent? Like, why are, why are we in the place that we're in and figure that out? And then if you do, you start modeling a system that addresses those issues or creates a system that they can express those issues and they can get solved. And because also like the people that are there from 18 to 20 on a weeknight, you're either on duty or you're so swamped with work that somehow you're still there doing stuff. So you're not going to get any checkouts. (laughs) They don't have any time to to give any checkouts. And the people that are on duty from 18 to 20, like, if I'm not on watch, I'm in the rack. Well, and like as point. duty chief too, it was like when you found me at like 1930, I've just got done with a crazy duty day probably. And I'm like finally sitting yeah. down to chill. And now you're coming and knocking on the chief's quarters going, can I get a checkout? And it's like, it's not like I yeah. don't want to help you, but it's like, come on, man. Like, yeah. I don't, don't want to do that right now. And like, I usually, I almost always was like, give me like. 15 minutes and then come back and we'll we'll knock it out yeah i because it's just like man like i really can i just get a minute like i ate my dinner yeah. i just want to decompress for a second I've been just let s- me fart in silence yeah. for a minute <laughs> it's like i've been to seven thousand briefs and been like doing tags and turning watches over and playing with guns and running topside and maybe there's a security violation and maybe i'm sitting at the bcp and we're snorkeling and it's like can i just get 15 minutes <laughs> um yeah. yeah so but yeah so I, th- I think they just generally speaking and i and again i don't disagree with it at all like i i always thought it was it on paper you could spin it as like oh this affords them more opportunity to be here and get more things done but like realistically it was just punishment yeah because you for were, sure you were it, that's what it was a hundred percent i don't think they thought that it was gonna work <laughs> like no, it, was it was just, just like, punishment yeah it was just punishment but, for but to avoid like the hazing tag, they would spin it on paper if they had, you know, yeah. if they got called to court, they could spin it some way. It's justifiable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but I think realistically, somebody finally sat down and was like, this is just a waste. What, what are we doing? Here? Yeah. Let's do something better. Yeah. That's and so they got rid of it. But um, but yeah, so I'm curious because I heard that that went away out here and some people were kind of surprised. Some people, it, it usually comes up during the, the PL or PCLCPO, whatever it is, the prospective chief. Yeah, 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 the course. Course. Yep. And we'll talk about it then. And and so it's like, what would you do if your guy is is behind? How would you handle that? He's, yeah. you know, three months behind on every he's dink life. What do yeah. you do? And and so that's usually when it'll come out in that discussion, like, well, the waterfront here, like I don't know about everybody, but the waterfront here no longer does dink study. So and it's you could you huh. usually get the shut like the range of people going well that's crazy like it should be and then there's always a couple people that are like yeah of course it's punishment stop being dank and you know, 
you won't be punished. Yeah, but that's and then there's stupid. That's it a, is, but and then, and we talk through all that, you know. And yeah. then there's some people that are like, "Well, yeah, of course they. I'm glad they got rid of it because it was a waste of everybody's time." Yeah. And so there's always that like mix of of conversation about it. So I was just curious if it was just us or if that's kind of a fleet wide thing that they got rid of it. Yeah, no, I mean, like when I left the boat, they were still doing it, but I've been gone almost a year. So, I mean, I haven't heard anything. It's interesting for sure because it's like I think it's useless. So, um, I, it I keep sense. meaning to ask ask my cousin. He's he's a, a surface cook. And uh, so I keep he's working on his ESWAS and yeah. I keep every time I talk to him, like every conversation about anything, I will find a way to bug him about it and tell him to go get it done. <laughs> get it done, yeah. Um, and... And he just kind of laughs about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. um, but in my head, to him, like, and I don't know 100% the requirements, but I know that it's not required the same way as it is for us. Yeah, I don't. In the same timeline. And yeah, I don't I, know, I know either. It's, it's changed. Rank. It's changed. Well, it used to be like you couldn't make E5 or once you made E5, you had this long or something like that. But I don't know if it's changed. I thought, I think, I thought it went back to just like, it's just optional. Like you get it. And it's like, obviously the cheese board looks for, like multiple warfare pins and stuff, but I don't know how it it's changed so many times. Like I, I don't even know, man. Like, I don't know if it's yeah. mandatory or not. And, and I, yeah. And I have no idea either, but, and I keep trying to tell him cause he's, he's a third class. And I keep saying like, anytime he complains about anything, I'm like, dude, literally just go qualify all of these things. Mm-hmm. Go get your ESWAS, go yeah. qualify anything that you can find yep. every qual card. And as you soon complete. as, and as soon as you're done, nobody will ever say anything to you. Yeah. Because your answer is, I outqualify you, or I'm yeah. already done with, like, what do you want me to do? And I was like, and honestly, if you're qualifying all those things, nobody's going to yell at you about anything, almost guaranteed. Right. Um, I mean, shy of, you know, ridiculous yeah. stuff. Like, <laughs> you just straight showed up an hour late, you yeah. know? But, but I'm like, just go qualify. Just go get it done. And he's like, yeah, I'm only missing these last couple of signatures. And I'm like, cool. And why so isn't in like it done? A week, <laughs> in like a week, you'll have it done. And he's like, well, and I'm Just like, cool. Okay, it. you got two Just weeks. Yeah. And I like, and I'm always, and I know part of it is just me giving him a hard time. Um, just trying to give him that kick of, you know, go get it done. I'm sure he hears it all the time from yeah. people at work, but, but that's what I didn't know is like, I know the way we run Dink Study because Fisher, like it's mandatory. The second you check on board, you've got so much time it's this huge thing for us. You can't just decide you're not going to worry about it till after you make second and yeah. like still be on the boat. Like you'll never get that far. Right. Um, so I was, I'm curious at how like other, cause even if they assigned it to them, like again, from my experience, like you can, the joke was always, if it wasn't a mandatory qual, you don't tell a soul that you're working on it. Yeah. <laughs> because the second start you say that you're you. working on it, yeah, yeah, they add it to your, your qual tracker, and then now you're getting tracked on it. And now you're going dink on an optional qual. Right. And so, so and that there was always like a gray area on that too. But so it was just like, hey, man, just go get a qual card, start working on it. Don't tell anybody that yeah. you're working on it. I just basically, always, you're almost done. Yeah, I always put their qual date so far out when I entered them in a CTQS for optional stuff, like when I had a second class first tour guy trying to qualify chief of watch, I put his qual date like three years in the future. Like I'm not, right. I'm not putting him on the dink list ever. Like he, cause he's not right. required to qualify. If he qualifies it, great. I'm going to track it in case he loses his qual card, but I like, I'm not, I'm not like calling him dink. And plus it makes him look good to the command and know he's in quals too. So, But the flip side of that though, right. Is if you're legitimately working on it, then 
you should have a realistic qual date and you should be able to get this stuff done. Like if you're going to do it, then do it. If you're not, yeah. then don't. I mean, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's it, optional calls like that. I'm just kind of like, I, I push them myself to get it done because it benefits their career and rank like by rankings and all that other stuff. But, uh, and it's a, just a good thing. Like uh, the kid that was my LPO is a first two or second class. Like he could, he's going to go to shore duty, which he did. And he's going to make first, which is probably coming very soon. And then, like, he could make Chief right before he comes back to C because he was already in LPO C. Yeah. And had he qualified Chief for the watch, which he didn't, he was on his interview and he couldn't get it done because he waited till the last. Ugh. He waited till the last couple of days, and then he asked the XO for an interview because he was scared. Like, it's like I kind, yeah. I get it, I've been there, but it's like, dude, you did all this work to get the card done, and I guess he went up, he went up and started an interview, and it was like he asked him like a go no go question, and he couldn't draw something, and so he told him to come back. And the guy was transferring and he was like the XO was transferring too. So it was just like, dude, you're killing me. And so he left while he was at his interview. So now he's got to go back and qualify that. So, I mean, we're brutal on boats though with, with knowledge and go, no go stuff. Like somebody will ask the most absurd thing. It's like, can you draw? And it's like, what do you, what do you really ask me? Like, do you really need me to draw ventilation like perfectly? Or do you really want to make sure that I know where these key valves are? Or do you want to make sure like, (laughs) yeah. And like, but, but of course that's not what they ask. Right. That's like, I need you to draw me the entire trim and drain system with ventilation tied in with this, you know, primary and secondary tied in. (laughs) I need that. I need this entire wall size drawing done accurately now. And if you can't do it, then you don't. And you're like, well, I don't know that and then it just gets drilled into you that you're like well if you don't know this you're you're terrible you shouldn't even bother <laughs> it's like it's a terrible uh, yeah mind, there's definitely you know, a cyclical thing I, there's definitely some stuff that i think is unrealistic but i don't know it <laughs> i think it's gotten better with time i think like when you and i were yeah. our fish it was probably a little more ridiculous but like and it still has elements of that but i think it's like it's probably a little better Sometimes, but I would, I would like to think that most of those crazy questions just because like, I'm okay with lookups, but like, you know, it's just, Hey, I think this is something either it's interesting to me, or I feel like it should be interesting to everybody or something that they should know. Yeah. I'm not going to say that you don't deserve your dolphins because you don't know this, right. this weird Uli, but like you should, you should go look this up and get back to me. And then that's fine. Yeah, but when yeah. you hear people that are like, it's like, yeah, this guy failed his board. And you're like, dang, like, how bad was it? And it's like, he couldn't even tell me where the isolation is. Like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. What do you mean where the isolation is? I've literally never heard of that equipment. Yeah. Like, if, well, how would you expect him to know that? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. And you kind of know those people from reputation, too. And so you hopefully don't have them on your board. But, like, there's right. definitely some people playing Stump the Chump for no reason just because they're in the position to do so. But. Yeah, man, I got to wrap this up, dude. Yeah, I got to use the head, and then uh, I paid for this UFC pay-per-view that's starting to, so I'm going to sit on the couch and watch some people beat Enjoy. each other up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. All right, man. Take it it's easy. It's been fun. Yeah. <laughs> Who yeah? Later. All right, thanks for listening. Uh, I know that wasn't very focused, but uh, we could talk like that for hours if we had the time. Uh, be sure to spread the word, like, share, rate, subscribe, hit that bell icon, email your congressman, anything else that I can't think of right now off the top of my head. Uh, if you've got any interesting or abnormal career arcs or stories or sea stories, something like that, anything specific that uh, you'd like to talk about, let us know. Hit us up. Uh, we'd love to, to hear from you and talk about those things. We're, we're both pretty 
interested in hearing about uh, abnormal careers. And like we said, um, we don't tend to talk to many other sections of the Navy uh, outside of this. So it's always a lot of the mundane things are actually pretty interesting to us. Um, you can find us on uh, all the different platforms. We're generally at D Guts Podcast or Don't Give Up the Ship Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Reddit. Gmail is Don't Give Up the Ship Podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the shop if you get a chance. Use some of that stimulus money and go buy some merch at dgutspodcast.com slash shop. Send good vibes to Dguts proper while he's getting radiated and, and healing up from uh, all of his treatment. See if all that radiation turns him into a superhero or not. That's all we got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. <laughs>